place since the day I took you in. Now it's time to take your medicine. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? You want to know the secret of pain? If you just stop feeling it, you can start using it. Hi there, world. Bonus episode. This is Dangerous Memories coming at you live on tape. We're on the bonus, the B.E. We're at the South Coast Toy and Comic Show. Yep. I had to look at the sign because I always forget the name of this thing. No, no, no. Uh, I didn't even get to say hello, world. And today, it's just me and Hector. It's just me and Hector. It's just going to be me and Hector. Hector. And a mystery voice. Nope, just me and Hector. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. I unplugged someone's mic. Uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> No one can hear me right now. <laughs> no, we have with us the, uh, the esteemed host of the Geek Generation. Racist Rob, how are you? Why? No, racist Rob. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate you all. I love every minute of this. Rob man. V, so far, so far, how are you so doing good. today, Robert? I'm doing well. This is weird, though. Why is it weird? It's weird because I can see you guys, and this is the first time I've actually met Hector, and he's right next to me recording. And touching you. And holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable now, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uncomfortable or incredibly comfortable? He's on like he's on like the orange on the uh, scale of danger. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> what is it? What is what is it like when when they're like a certain certain alert? The threat level. Threat level. Yeah, yeah. It's the Hector touching me threat level. <laughs> exactly. It's too much. He's an orange. Whatever that means. Terrifying. <laughs> um, I am terrified. Can we just talk about <laughs> the atmosphere Todd. first? Yeah, talk about the atmosphere. Talk, talk about, about what it's the like atmosphere. Here, I'm a little cold. It is. It's freezing where we are. It's, it's, a draft and it's warm. Out. It's war- very warm in both rooms, but we're in the middle of them, and it's very freezing. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. Um, you you let me know that we were going to be in the celebrity room. That's what he told me. And we have been ousted from the celebrity room. Yeah, now we're in the bi- middle of the rooms. We're on neither room. We're just obstructing the hallway right now. But you know that's fine because everyone just kind of walks in, just catches. They a do. We got a little Wolverine passing that's by awesome. too right Aww. now. That's an awesome costume. That is an awesome costume. <laughs> Love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> There's a little cosplay going on here. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, not not much. But I do notice a lot of people have been dressing up for this event. Like like there are a lot of uh, preteens, teens, kids. Yeah, like we got some uh, some lucha libre masks. We did. We so got uh, stormtroopers. Yeah, little stormtrooper. Yep. Little Django Fett. Little Django Fett. Little wrestlers. There's Gabby West. There's Gabby West. Does Gabby West want to come over and say hi? No, don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're just gonna do a special episode. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be Dange Memories. It's not gonna be the generation. Just a, a mixture of the two. Yeah. Hayden, you know, let's just play around. You know, it's yeah. fine. And there's no preparation we're playing, we're playing done whatsoever. Fast and loose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fast and loose. <laughs> uh, good times. There is some disappointment uh, <laughs> among the crowd that there is no Doink here. Yeah, Doink and Dink were supposed to be here. I'm and, uh, sorry. I know. He didn't show it's up. my fault. It is your fault. I killed him. I didn't realize the little Wolverines wearing work boots. That makes it even better. I know. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And I wish that was my channel. Hey, man. You, you can go take up to, You go up to the Alaskan wilderness, <laughs> there's going to be hey, snow. Give me a kid. <laughs> you look like a kidnapper, so it's all right. Nice. Uh, I just want to talk about real quick. I went and saw Tangled yesterday, and everyone should go see that movie because it was amazing. That's all I want to say. And I didn't make it because I hadn't showered yet. Neither did I. I went anyway. Mm. But you didn't make what? I didn't, Todd texted me yesterday to go see Tangled, oh. and the theater was about a half hour from me, 
and I don't know. It, it was getting a little too close to uh, the safe zone. The deadline when I could leave. Yeah. When you walk into the theater and you're just completely embarrassed, and you're like, I, I feel me, this. I feel me. this need to get clean before I leave the house. So. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I smell bad at all times. I make sure I throw extra mud on me or dirt, <laughs> grime. Fantastic. Yeah, I do what I can. People everywhere. There yeah, are. that's another thing too. Like we go, like you go in here and it's like it's a lot bigger than than expected at all. I mean, it's it's it is an actual like there's actually two big convention rooms that yeah. that really have like people just kind of decked out with tables and people kind of like walking back and forth to rooms. So we're kind of like in the 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 medium here. We're in the middle of everything. And make no bones about it, we were invited here. This is true. Absolutely. Which we I have, thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, we, we, the table was set up with our with our little thing. That's a Dangerous Memories. Yep. And yeah, not the Geek Generation, just Dangerous Memories. No, no, no. Geek Generation came... Uh, oh, wait. That, that that wasn't there when we got here? The, no, uh, no, Geek Generation no. I sign? brought my own signs. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Whatever. We have uh, flyers and buttons to hang, hand out, so I hope everyone takes one. This is yeah, true. Absolutely. I, I am probably passing out more cards than you guys, though, so take that. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I just don't give an F, you know? Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I would assume the people who are taking yours are never going to listen to your show. You're very right. <laughs> You're very right. Racist drop me. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we <laughs> we were going through what was it the uh, the top the ni- oh, really top ninety we have to because people are people are already questioning their, their yeah, people sanity. People have to know why you're they're so going to go through all the episodes and try to figure out which where we talked about racist Rob. Well, we were uh, we were doing a little setup and going through our laptops and going through the internet and we saw the top ninety women of the nineties. And there were and a lot of hot ladies on there. There was a lot of hot ladies on there. And uh, uh, some of them were like from like uh, R&B artists and uh, black actresses. And, and uh, Ashley. Everyone had just seen Robbie. Ashley from Fresh Prince, yes. And Ashley from Fresh Prince. And, uh, and every time we'd go through one, Rob would be like, uh, no, pass, skip. <laughs> you say every time, but I was all about Ashley from Fresh Prince. That, yeah, that, that was like the only one. Yeah, that was the only one. And uh, Tyra Banks. No, you Tyra didn't. Banks, you were kind of like, eh. What? Yeah. Scarecrow right here, boys. We have the Scarecrow right Whoa. here. Whoa. Hey, now. Hey. <laughs> caught, caught myself by surprise there. A little more cosplay nice, going on. Nice, here. Very absolutely. Nice. Taking care of business, but uh, but yeah, we're going through the list, and uh, you know, it would just be like, oh yeah, she's hot, she's hot, and then like some black girl come on and be like, no. So we <laughs> called him racist Rob for like the, the whole rest of the for like a good half hour. And it's wearing on me. It's wearing on him. It's, it <laughs> it's, just, it's sticking to him. It's, so it's killing me. To, yeah. The geek generation just lost a lot of uh, subscribers, but probably, <laughs> but probably gained a lot too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're the right the right people I want to listen to my show. You know, absolutely kicked in. <laughs> All those people from the south are like, "Oh, sign me up for that." <laughs> listen, uh, south just, words at that's just stereotype. Stereotype just from him. <laughs> let's insult more people too while we're at it. Are there any groups we're missing? Let's, let's I know, right? probably, probably lots of groups. Lots of groups. No, there are. Yeah. There um, are. Well, we were looking at lists before we started recording, and we found a list that we actually wouldn't mind going over. Very true. Because, you know, it's coming up on that time of year when everyone's doing their top ten lists and whatnot, and we thought we'd actually look back at one of the, the lists on AskMen.com that was the top ten movies they're looking forward to in 2010. Rob V came up with this idea because uh, it's, he's racist. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it, the top ten. If you say something enough, people are going to start to believe BET it. The top music videos, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe we would have a lot more to talk about. I'm sorry, but that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's horrible, horrible. But hey. uh, we th- we thought that was a good idea, right, Hector? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rob actually came up with a good idea for once, and we for were once. like, "It happens every like, once in a while." <laughs> <laughs> we're like, "Let's just do it. Um, just do it. See my movie." So yeah, we thought we'd go through and talk about the ones obviously we've seen, and uh, if if it did indeed live up to the hype for the movies that they were looking forward to in 2010. Yeah, askmen.com. Askmen.com. So let's start it off and kick it off with number 10. Yes, number 10. Number 10. Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Yep. Uh, I 
think it was in one of my top ten, wasn't it? Um, I think it wasn't. I think it was my number ten or something like that. I'm, I'm, again. I'm pretty sure I had it in my top ten. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to it's hard to go back. I mean, I do have it on here. I'm just so lazy. I don't want to look it up. But yeah, yeah it's a, it is it's it, it's it is a movie that like, I think it uh, it lived up to all the expectations. Actually, far, I think it might have even far surpassed them. I missed yeah. everything you guys said because I was talking, we just to talking Ox about Ox Baker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Who did you just talk to there? Ox Baker. Oh, Who was Ox that? Baker. Uh, wrestler. Oh, he looks terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Is he aware of how terrifying he looks? Probably. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, no, we're just talking about Shutter Island and how we think it was in our top ten. Do you remember when you listened if Shutter Island was in our top ten at all? I believe so. Because I'm pretty sure it was because I love Shutter Island. I right? loved it too. Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie. So uh, I think that's that's a, it's a good number ten. But I, I think, think the, I think uh, sorry, go ahead. I think it even beat the trail. Like my my expectations from the trailer were not as high as when I after after I finished the film. I was just like, wow, that's even better than I expected. Mm. I was just gonna say the same thing because the trailers really made it look to look like a supernatural horror. It looked thriller. a lot more horror. Than right. That. And I was actually really glad that it wasn't. I like the aspect, like the psychological thriller yeah, that they wanted. It's very tense, it's, yeah. it's, it's, but it's not like, uh, it's not cheesy at all. Definitely. So Shutter Island definitely lived up yeah. to what it's supposed to be. Hey, Martin Scorsese can do his, uh, he can be scary. That's true. Cape Fear is terrifying. Number nine. Number nine, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Prince now, of Thieves. Did anyone see, not Prince of Thieves. My bad, I'm sorry. A lot of people hated Robin Hood, and I, enjoy, I actually really loved it. I thought it was really good. Maybe not love, but I really enjoyed it. I didn't see it. Yeah, I'm with uh, Rob. I didn't get to see it, but uh, it's on my it's on my queue for Netflix. It's not on mine. I'm really uninterested by the whole thing. I'm I thought it was really good, and I'm Colpitz in- liked it a lot too. So it was like one of the ones that we had in common this year. Yeah, I actually really loved Prince of Thieves, so I really just didn't want to put any more Robin Hood in my life. I heard that. I heard a lot of people say like for a Robin Hood film, it's not very it's not very much at all about like Robin Hood, like Robin well, Hoodie. Yeah, so it just kind of takes away from the whole experience. Like people like for a film called Robin Hood, people are like well, it's not very Robin Hoodie. Does it have a Brian Adams song in it? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Is it <laughs> real? <laughs> <laughs> Summer of '69 starts playing through the. But I really liked it. I wouldn't put it in my top ten of what I was looking forward to, or even what I liked of the year. But it was very, very good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, all right. That's that's good. Robin Hood. So number eight. We're moving on to Inception. Inception. I'm surprised it was number eight of what they were looking forward to because I know, right? I thought that was on like number one of most people's list. That's true. I guess it depends when they made the list too, yeah. because maybe they didn't know too much about it yet. Did they really like? Yeah, did they have a lot it of was like published trailers? Twenty one oh nine. Oh okay. Inception 21. was really shrouded in mystery when mm. the, the yeah they really started hitting. They really, I mean, it wasn't and it wasn't even viral like where they kept like Cloverfield was very viral, mm-hmm. so a lot of people were expecting uh, or had higher expectations to look forward to. True. Uh, Inception really kind of masked itself in uh, in being the the you know just just trusting in Nolan because you can't, you can't do, he can't do wrong. Well, that's how the Dark Knight was too. Like the Dark Dark Knight was very mysterious at first. Yeah, the, yeah. even so much so that the first teaser was just talking. Not so. a very good. I, I like a lot of people love that teaser too. I, didn't I think hated it was, that teaser. I think it was all that all that special. I hated it. But yeah, but when you got to the trailer and you start seeing things, like oh, it just blows you away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Inception definitely. definitely lived up. I mean, how absolutely it's easily within it's my the number top one. five yeah, of the my year. Number at least. One. It's my number seventeen. Number seventeen. <laughs> number seven. Iron Man two. Ooh. Uh, definitely highly anticipated based on the oh success of goodness, the first, yeah. but Iron Man two faltered a little bit. I would For say a lot of people it did. I would say it was right on with me. I wouldn't. Uh, I I I think it was just what I expected, and I was pleasantly surprised with uh, the outcome. I think it was even better than the first film. I agree. And uh, you think it was better than the first? Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think at this point you you you're familiar you're 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 comfortable enough, familiar enough with the character, even from a, a non comic book person's point of view. 
so that you, you really know what Tony Stark is, is uh, his character's like. So you don't have to just, you're not introduced to so much. You can just kind of go into his, like, his, uh, his downfall almost. And it's, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a lot of uh, watching his character, watching other new characters come into the picture. And then I, I really thought Mickey Rourke really pulled it off. Being, uh, I like Sam Rockwell on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Rockwell. I just really enjoyed the movie. Like a lot. Well, not a lot more than the first one, but I don't. I just had more fun with it. I, well, I yeah, well, more in it. When an origin story is out of the way, you are allowed to flesh out the character a lot more and everything. But um, I don't know. A, a lot of people I talked to called Iron Man to a glorified music video really? because it was just ACDC from start to finish. Well, I mean, yeah, that th- I think things like that. I, I I don't know if that's really if that's out of their control. I yeah. mean, things like, like you know, like ACDC. I would go to Walmart and it would be like ACDC, like all that Iron Man two covers, yeah. and that right, was a little right. out of yeah. That was a little over. I mean, I enjoyed too. Iron Man two, but the the first one stands taller for me personally. That's fair. Yeah, I know that's how it was for most people. So. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. really kind of saw the first film, but that's um, cool. Uh, number six, I'm very surprised by because I didn't even hear about the movie until like August, and it came out in September. Right. Like I didn't remember hearing anything about it. Until there was no hype around this whatsoever. I don't think most people have any yeah. idea that it even came out. No. Yeah. Did there was like nothing about it. And the director is uh, is he? Uh, we haven't even said what it is yet. I don't think. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's the American. You're right. The American. The American. Jorge, Jorge Clooney. Yes. Jorge Clooney. Jorge. Directed by Anton Corbin, the guy who did that Control movie. You know, I just think a lot of people who have top lists, they always try to look for what George Clooney's going to do in the next year. Sure. Yeah. Because um, he always does something that's like going to box something, or or it's going to be on a lot of people's top lists. Yeah. But you see, like, uh, I mean, post all the Oceans movies, you have, um, I mean, he's been doing a lot of work, like, in and out of the Hollywood spotlight. He worked with Soderbergh, and he, so people people look for him to, and expect a lot from him. That's why I think I was so surprised that there was really no promotion for it. Right. No, none at all. Like the first trailer I saw, I swear, was on TV in August. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, not even a theatrical. See, I saw some in the theaters. I did after. Oh, okay. But I, I didn't, like, the first one I saw was on TV, and I was like, what is this? Now, yeah. did either of you guys actually see it? Nope. Yeah, I saw it. You I did? Yeah. You'd be the only one of us then. No, I thought I thought it was really I thought it was really good. I, I think I it enjoyed looks great. It. No, it's, it's just really good. I, I definitely recommend checking it out. I've heard such mixed things about it, because I know the people who like it loved it. Yeah. And then other people were like, it was terrible. No, it's not terrible. I, I, I mean... I can understand if people don't like it a lot. Like I think, I think at least deserves. I mean, like a, a, a seven and a half or eight out of ten. But I mean, it's I think it's I think it's really well made. It's very it's it's a little slow moving, but it's appropriate and it's uh it's it it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, and, um, but I, I I I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it takes place in Italy and like all the shots are like. All like um, cobblestone type walkway. Right. I mean, Italy just looks beautiful. Well, yeah, it's, it's hard to make it's Italy look it's bad. Filmed, yeah, it's filmed there. It looks beautiful, but it's uh, but it's also like a really well made. Like they show all the shots of George Clooney's like being a hitman. Legitimately, look just terrifying. Like they're they're tense, but it's also very dramatic. It's a very good character study. But uh, uh, uh yeah, again, like it's funny to see this like to, on a look forward to list. Uh, yeah, right. Especially because it was done in December. Right. Yeah. I didn't even know the movie existed in December. <laughs> <laughs> um, number five is I don't remember anyone really being excited for it. Yeah, there was no hype around this no. either. You know, in fact, it was, it was all bad buzz from what I heard. Yeah, because people were like, "Well, this looks like a born, re- uh, born like a, a right. bad version of born or yeah. something like that." Yeah. Right. And it was uh, same, same, same old thing. Same old thing. Uh, it was very topical. Did you guys watch this? I didn't see. I this. didn't see it. I did see it. And you, did you like it? I did like it. I yeah. wouldn't say it was one of the best movies that came out this year. A lot but, of people uh, didn't like it at all. Yeah, Green Zone, um, it was incredibly topical, dealt with a lot of... The, the whole point of the movie was uh, Matt Damon was a character in this unit in the military, and they are trying to find the weapons of mass destruction, and they can't. 
So they're going from site to site looking for all this stuff. They continue to, to not find them. And there's this whole like conspiracy thing going on within the military to have them go on this wild goose chase for like ulterior motives. Huh. Weird. Yeah. And who's uh who is uh who, who's who's in it besides Matt Damon? Is that Greg Kinnear? Amy Ryan, yeah, Greg, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's great in it actually. Oh, he's really? always great. I love yeah. Greg Kinnear. He is great. Yeah. But I mean it was a strong movie, but again, I don't know where this hype came from because there was none. Yeah. And yeah. no one really liked it either. I remember when it came out, like the, critically, didn't do very well. Yeah. And even the few people that, besides you, obviously now, but be, uh, the few people I didn't know who saw it didn't really seem to care for it. Yeah. It was smart, but it was very cliche too. Yeah. Number four, I've never even heard of. They marched into sunlight. And it's apparently another Paul Greengrass movie. Huh. I've, I've never, never heard, heard of this it. either. Did yeah. this even come out this year? I don't, I've never heard of this movie, I know. so I don't know. I can't really say anything. Paul Greengrass I. dives headfirst back into politics with a movie that focuses on two events over two days during the Vietnam War. Um. I have no idea what this is. Yeah. At first I thought it was a documentary, but it says he has the Verite-style camera work and stuff, and I was like, I have no idea what this is. Interesting. I have no idea. This is some, I mean, I'm wondering some, if I should pull up Google There and see were if a lot of films out. that kind of slipped through my fingers, like in the in the indie wave, but I uh, this was must be one of them because... IMDB time. I know. Oh, Todd's already on top of that. Look at I that. Know. What is it called? They Marched Into Sunlight. Well, I'm looking, well, you guys can talk about number three. Number three. All right, we'll move on to number three. Oh, this social is a talk network. Right? Social network. One of the best. Yeah. A lot of hype. I love that picture of Timberlake down in front. Looking <laughs> the best. <laughs> People loved the trailer for this. It's not coming out to 2013. Yeah. So it didn't what? even come out yet. They marched into the sunlight. 2013. So it was That's anticipated. a hell of a delay. Yeah. yeah. That's a big one. That's a big delay. Yeah. It's in pre-production. I think AskMen.com really messed up. Yeah, seriously. Big time. In fact, uh, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about just... Explaining this whole list right now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I love the social network though, and there was a, there was a lot of hype for that. There was a at, lot. At first, it was all like, "Why are they making this?" And then after the first trailer, it was, "Oh my god, this movie looks awesome." Yeah. And I think that's what Fincher wanted. I think I think he just didn't want anything shown. I think he just wanted people to like, "I'm doing a Facebook movie," and so that people would just question it. Even I mean, a lot of me uh, people that that like film would have been like, "Well, we're gonna trust Fincher." He hasn't done us wrong yet, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind I of think the attitude. hype was even built up more that Facebook refused to advertise it or acknowledge its existence. Right. Right. I think a lot of the hype also came from uh, Sorkin writing the script. Sure. Because it wasn't until they said Aaron Sorkin was writing the script that they were like, wow, maybe yeah. this is going to be something worth some watching. Yeah. yeah. Now, am I the only one who hasn't seen it yet? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In the world. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, definitely <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> Number two is a movie I've wanted to see so bad. Oh. And I want it to come out. I know. And it seems like it's never going to. The Tree of Life. Well, you know what's worse is that, yeah, they, they keep, like, these, these, these movie sites keep saying, like, oh, we have stills. We have yep. pictures now. Like, it's just, like, it's just teasing us. And, it's just and now, like, the, they said they found, like, a distributor finally. And uh, te- I think a trailer is actually coming out. Oh, really? Within the next month. Oh, good. So just hopefully it'll come out soon because I really want to see it. I see, know. I think this is the first of me actually hearing about it, but just the fact that it has Brad Pitt and Sean Penn. That's yep. Yeah. And it's Terrence Malick. I yeah. Mean, well, he worked lot. with Sean Penn in uh, the, the Thin Red Line, and I thought he was really, I thought he did a really good performance in that. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I really, I can trust him in that. It, every, every, it seems like everything that he does always has that, that atmospheric look to it. Like Days of Heaven looks really good. Um, even Thin Red Line um, has like has those brutal war scenes, but uh, throughout the rest of the film, it's just it's a lot of like uh, just seeing all the scenery, just seeing like I like I think I think he likes to take the camera all over the world, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to the Tree of Life. But uh, yeah, it's too bad I can't look forward to it this year. And his movies are just so incredibly gorgeous. That oh my goodness, it's true. Yeah. Oh man, they're so good to look at. I have not seen a Blu-ray though of uh, Days of Heaven. I'd like to see no. a Badlands. Wait, Days of Heaven. I have, I have Days of Heaven Blu-ray. 
You have Days of Heaven yeah. on Blu-ray. It has a, it looks Criterion, good. yeah, it looks beautiful. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know why Badlands isn't out, considering it's, like, one of his most... Yeah, it's his most... Mem- like, one that people will look yeah. at. Besides the Thin Red Line, obviously, and, like, the New World. Like, now I think people have heard of these films, but ever seen them. I don't think, any, I don't think ever seen them. the New World. I, um... I remember when it came I'm kinda out, like, no I'm kind of like... I'm kind of like wishy-washy. I could go either way with it. I mean, there's some good scenes in it. And then, uh... Yeah, we're <laughs> Todd's already looking ahead to our number one. Number one doesn't come out to 2013 either. The Matterese Circle. The Matterese Circle. I've heard not a word Robert about Ludlum. this. Robert Ludlum. Jeez, this guy's obsessed with uh, the Bourne movies, apparently. Denzel Washington. Because Ludlum did, did, did do the Bourne films, right? Or he wrote the, the wrote the books, right? Yeah. Goodness. We need a more credible source. Seriously, <laughs> uh, it's not a very good look for Oh, no. It's yeah. another movie that's not even being made yet, so I don't know why they would think that, that would be the top ten. I know, Yeah. Major should, uh, scheduling issues. Seriously. It's a horrible list. <laughs> there were so many movies. Like, what is Toy Story 3 on there? I know. No Toy Story 3. No Scott Pilgrim. Even yeah. though the hype behind that never really happened. The Expendables. Yeah. For an Ask Men website. <laughs> right. One of the most hyped up movies just because of the assembly of characters in it. And it's not even on uh, an anticipated list for 2010. I don't get it. Sex in the City 2. My, my guys. Right? Right. Right. Guys? guys. I have another one here. The associ- <laughs> uh, Associated Content. For top movies to look for in the year 2010. Oh, we're jumping lists. Yeah. Do it. Screw I don't think it's really man. numbered, but I mean... And what do we, we have, have on this one? Uh, first one that comes up is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part Done. one. Oh, yeah. Why yeah. wasn't that on? I'm, again. Come on. Credible sources. Come on. Or were they just ignoring franchises? I, d- I guess. Or he just had like a particular taste. He's like, I only like Robert Ludlum-based films. <laughs> I'm going to sound cool and obscure. Yeah. Or anything around it. Isn't that how everyone usually is, though? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's our establishment, man. Um... His next one here is Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah. well, did we did we want to talk about Harry Potter? I mean, everyone expected it. Everyone was looking forward to it. I mean, it's not much more. It was awesome. Every film, yeah, and it, it was and great, it did yeah. live up to its to its expectations, if not more. Sure. And um, can't wait for part two. Yeah, and I like it being a part one. Like we talked about this on the podcast. Like I, I like it just fine as yeah. being a good. It's solid a standalone film movie. Yeah. It yeah. is. It yeah. is absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one, as we said before, is Alice in Wonderland. Hated it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see it. It I was Hector's favorite movie of the year, though. <laughs> Obviously, not a good thing. I mean, I have. To, I, I'm trying, uh, trying to recollect all the the memories I had between trying to keep myself well, awake. This is what you said when you got hit, get on the show. You were like, I sat down in IMAX and had the greatest experience of my life. <laughs> the movie was brilliant. It was beautiful. It was Tim Burton's best work since uh, Pee Wee Herman. Like said. I'm sensing sarcasm. <laughs> sensing a little bit. I love that you said since Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help that's what you said. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. (sighs) That was, I just saw something (laughs) on the internet that said, um, Alice in Wonderland was like the most Googled movie of the year. Right. I was like, why? Wasn't it like the biggest box office? Like, isn't it like on the top five biggest box box office? It made movies? money. Yeah, it made like six million world, not six million, like a billion worldwide. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's the number six highest grossing movie of all time now. I think people just saw Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland, thought, and then they went and got stoned and watched a movie Gross. that was all crazy. It's possible, you're, you're but perfect. I mean, like you know, <laughs> we we talk about like I, I was listening to another podcast last night, and I, what and was they were, it? It was the Slash Filmcast. Nice. And they were uh, they were kind of uh, hacking away at the Gulliver's Travels. Oh, it looks awful. And yeah, it, it, it does look awful. awful. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, these movies, I don't know. Like, maybe maybe not so much Gulliver's Travels, but Alice in Wonderland is like, it's 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 not really speaking to us. It's for the kids, right? You, you think? think so. I don't know. Isn't that movie really dark? It didn't seem geared towards kids. 
I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be really dark, but I didn't see it. So I, I thought I, I I for some reason I just I took it as if it was geared for more for kids. Like or Yogi Bear, I think was what they were making fun of. Yogi Bear, which is geared for kids. Absolutely. Yeah. And like and then they're just like kind of saying back and forth like, "Oh, are you going to watch that?" ha ha ha. Like I don't know. I just I if it's it's if it's targeted at a certain audience, I just I, I feel out of place just kind of hacking Well, that's away why I it. feel bad about reading reviews for kids movies and stuff cuz yeah. it's not for us. Yeah. But at the same time, you can go into a kids' movie and still appreciate it for what it is if you oh, yeah, try and look yeah. at Absolutely. it from a certain perspective. Yeah. It's weird. It's only I mean, one half way. The time, it's only one way road. If I watch a movie that's geared towards a kid, most of the time I'll say, okay, well, it wasn't as great as I thought it would be, but it's a kids' movie. Yeah, it's not for you in right. particular. But, you but know. this is what they did correctly yeah. as far as just movie making goes. Right, right, right. right, right. Uh, the next one is uh, Shrek Goes Forth. Which wasn't the title. Yeah, yeah. what was it called again? <laughs> it was Shrek, Shrek the, the fourth, fourth or Shrek the Final Chapter. It was uh, Shrek, the fi- yeah. Shrek Forever After, right? Yeah, Shrek Forever After. Goodness, yeah. how many I, titles did this movie I never <laughs> heard Shrek Goes Forth, though. No, that's Goodness, totally Goodness, that's new. another movie title name that I don't even know. And that, that sounds like there's more coming. Like, yeah. that doesn't sound... That's well, why originally it was supposed it. to be. Originally, they were going to do four, five, and six. Oh, okay. But instead, they decided to just do a fourth one. Gotcha. And I like the fourth one, so... Did it end it? I didn't know there was any hype for it whatsoever, but... No. no, I think. Well, you know, like it's these. It's same with the pirates films. I think that the hype kind of goes away if they're not all continuously amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the Harry Potter ones, they, they the hype continues. But I think Shrek starts to fizzle away. Sure, agreed. But, uh, you did see it, and you do, and you and you liked. It. Does it end? Does it really tie up the rest of the films? Yes. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, our next one here is Toy Story Three with a bunch of exclamation points. With a bunch of exclamation points, but uh, deservedly so, I believe. Huge hype. Yeah. How could it not? Wait, what is happening? What do you mean? The next one says, Cloud of the Chance Meatballs. Well, that was not this year. That no. was not this year. It yeah. says if it was January 15th. <laughs> what is this list? I don't know. Associated content. Oh, they, they're idiots. Well, at least Toy Story 3. That's where it ends. <laughs> I wonder when they wrote this because uh, Cloud of the Chance Meatballs came out last September. Hmm. Why is this? Maybe they're in a different country. Well, then it's useless. Useless. Anyways, uh, but I think... The mo- the whole, as a year, I think everyth- everyone was really disappointed as a whole in the movies that came out. I think so, too. Because that's yeah. all I hear about how, like, Iron Man 2 didn't live up to the hype. Uh, you know, Scott Pilgrim did terrible. Kick-Ass did terrible. Yep. All these movies that, you know. Meanwhile, Scott Pilgrim and Kick-Ass were two of the best movies that came out this mm-hmm. year. Definitely. I think it happened with a lot of different things. It's it's really unfortunate. Like, um, except for, like, the huge ones, you know, like iron man toy story and stuff which brings up an interesting point do you think the hype machine is really killing some of these movies yes maybe not killing but it's clearly not doing anything for him right because like 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 you said scott pilgrim was huge on the internet right i mean they didn't even have to advertise iron man 2 at all the first movie is the advertisement for Iron yeah exactly you just let people know it's out there and then they're going yeah i'm just pulling up another list here because uh you know we're kind of getting out of 2010 and uh i thought maybe we'd just Briefly talk about uh, some of the movies that might be interesting to look forward to in the next year. Interesting. Let's do it. All right. I love it. Uh, first one that comes up here is Rango. Kind of an interesting... It uh, looks beautiful. Yeah. It does. Um, it's Industrial Light and Magic's first yeah. full-length feature it film. It looks incredible. Like, yeah. Amazing looking. I couldn't looking. get over how good it looked. I mean, I watched the trailer on my computer, and then I saw it actually on the screen in a movie theater, and oh my God, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. It, I couldn't get over how good it looked. Like yeah. It was amazing. I mean, uh, the movie as a whole just looks all right. Yeah, but yeah. It, I, I can't get over how good it looks. Like, oh man. I was talking with somebody about like how much we've come far, like how far film has come as far as computer animation, and you don't really notice it because like you know the, the next film, the next film, like one gets maybe marginally better than the next. But then when you look at like the original Toy Story, 
and seeing how some of the crude animation, though it looks still still looks really good, but you see some like crude animation versus what we're kind of putting onto into computer animation now. Uh-huh. It, it it just it really blows me away. There and is a huge difference from yeah. yeah. There is. There is. And uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's good to see it. Like it really comes out like with the high definition format. Like you mm-hmm. see things in Blu-ray, like the Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs we just talked yep. about, and Toy Story Three looks uh, light years better than the. Uh, well, yeah, R- Rango looks amazing, yeah. but the movie itself uh, is kind of give or take. Yeah, I don't really care about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Spider-Man 4. They're calling it Spider-Man 4, but clearly we know it's Spider-Man yeah, Reboot. Yeah, though it's Spider-Man yeah. Reboot, um, which I don't know. I'll see it. I mean, yeah, I feel I don't have to see it, but I, 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 I'm more curious to see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm ambitious to see these trailers, and I know like, I will go see it. I'll, I'll I would rather see this new Spider-Man than a Spider-Man 4 with Sam Raimi, Tony Maguire. I agree. Yeah. I'm At done with point. them. I don't need to see that again. You know? At this point, yeah. Well, like, not I, only that, you don't want to sway him. I mean, he did so well with, like, Drag Me to Hell yep. that you kind of want to point him in that direction again. Yeah. That I, I would not want to bring him back to do these comic book films. Let yeah. someone else take over the ge- the reins of this, you know. So I'm re- I'm ready for the Spider-Man reboot. Let's yeah. let's make uh, this happen. I'm the sucker that I'll see any superhero movie they put out. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah. They can reboot. They can do whatever. I mean, unless Shom- Schumacher takes over the Batman franchise again, <laughs> then I'm done. I'm in. What's Aside from that? that, you're in. Get yeah, out of here. I love Schumacher. There's the door. Chill. All right. <laughs> Just chill. So uh, let's talk. Let's do this here. Okay. Uh, the first Avenger, Captain America. Okay. I want to oh. see this today. <laughs> I know. I do too. It's in this album right now. I don't. I don't want to wait until next summer. Chris Evans looks incredible. I want to stop this podcast and it just wish I could just pop this up on my laptop <laughs> and then we could just watch it, it does simultaneously. Look great. But here's the question. Are you more excited for Cap or Thor? Cap. Uh, Yeah, Cap. I mean, uh, Thor I wasn't really big on as far as comic book wise. Yep. I was a bigger fan of Captain America. But I, f- I think he, he kind of, I think he would translate better to film I than agree. Thor. Yeah. So. Thor's all right, but I mean... Thor's great, but his delivery, and I mean, you guys haven't watched the Avengers animated really yet, have you? No, no, you haven't, Todd, no. Um, Thor is kind of obnoxious Mm -hmm. in the way he speaks and his arrogance, and I don't know how much... It's always always in the comics. Right. I don't know how much of the movie I can tolerate with that kind of arrogance, whereas Cap is a lot more relatable. I do have faith in Kenneth Branagh, though. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of I think Thor will be great, no doubt, but... He did Chris Henry. Evans looks so jacked, though. Let's get real here. <laughs> oh my god, I can't and wait. That's to what it's really America. all about. Right? Yeah. It is. And I love motor- I love seeing people just ride off a motorcycle and beat the crap out of people. There you go. That's all you I gotta love to see. beating Nazis. And I like, the, I like the whole period piece aspect to sure. it too. I yeah. really like that. It'll like be interesting to see how they end that to lead into Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that, actually, that's another thing a lot of people complained about for Iron Man Two was that it was too much of an Avengers prequel. Right. Right. Which I don't understand. Like, why? Why does that matter? Even? There are a few mentions, but. Um, I never thought it got too over the top, though. I didn't know that. No. I think people feel like things were crowbarred in. Yeah. And I don't think it was. No. I thought it was actually pretty fluid. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty interested to see where they're going to take the Nick Fury angle with this and him having his own film. Is he having his own film? Is he? I didn't think he was. I thought he... I I don't know. For some reason, I thought he was going to have his own Nick Fury film. It's possible. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Rumors. Yeah. Hearsay. Hearsay. Conjecture. Here comes uh, a movie that looks absolutely terrible. Yep. (laughs) Terrible. Cars too. It's sad too. Pixar. A how can a sequel how for can, a horrible this movie? This is the first time where I've said like Pixar, a film looks 
Not good. I thought cars looked terrible. I didn't see cars. You know, I, I saw parts of it, and it was just kind of like, I don't know, babys- babysitting my nephew's and niece, and I saw parts of cars. I did see cars, and it is the bottom of the Pixar barrel. Well, yeah. No, I like mean, a, a very low, like very far below everything else. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, that much. Like It is scraping the bottom of the barrel. But the thing is, a bad Pixar movie is still better than most of the movies you're going to see out there right now. Let I beg me, to differ. Let me ask you this, guys. <laughs> I really didn't like the first Cars. As, much, as bad as Cars is, what is the second worst Pixar film that you can think of. Oh, Bugs wow. Life. Bugs Life. You I love so? a Bugs. I, really? I love Bugs Life, but it's below all the other ones to, for me. That's how good it is. Yeah. Wow. This or that's is a hard question. And actually. I really, but I really like Bugs Life. Yeah. Um. God, I can't even. I don't even know what I put down there. Exactly. I gotta think. Like, I, I wish hard, I had a list but here. I really think list, but all of them are better than Bugs Life. But that's not saying anything bad about a Bugs Life. Yeah. You might be right, though. Yeah. Just because it's the one that jumps. It, it doesn't jump out as much as some no of the No one ever others. remembers it either. It's kind of forgettable. No one remembers Bugs right. Life, yeah. Right. Yeah, I might have to agree with you there. And I think it got kind of clumped in with that movie Ants, Ants. that came out too. Which oh, I, liked yeah. the, I liked Ants. Yeah. I actually liked it. I don't know. I think I, I saw it, but again, Ants. I've never seen Ants. Woody Allen, Sylvester Sloan. Can't get better than that. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed Ants. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I keep, I've seen two different trailers for Cars 2 now, and it makes me throw up every time I see it. Yeah, I have, I have no desire to see it. Yeah. Like, what is this secret agent crap that they're trying to pull? They had to do something. But I think the biggest problem with Cars is, and it's the same problem I had when I first saw the trailers for the first one, who wants to see a movie about just talking cars? If Kids, there were people apparently. Too, oh, yeah, it, I mean, yeah. it is. I can't get over how much crap they sell for it. It is their big merchandising. Seriously, it's still yeah. at Target. You walk in, it's all cars. At stuff, Target, right? yeah. It's all, all so many places. And it's it's the car, the toys themselves, bed sheets. I mean, it's everything it is. It is a market. And I don't I don't think that that has anything to do with the reflection of the film itself. The film itself is not good. I mean, I, I can't really say because I've only seen parts of it that I didn't like. Sure. But, I mean, that doesn't help matters. And it's it's just for 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 people who like who like or I guess adults and teens that like the Pixar and like where they've taken film. Right. It doesn't. It can't match the material that they've already put out. Now we go from that, which I don't want to see at all, to one I actually do really want to see because I love the first one. And it's yeah. Kung Fu Panda. Uh, I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed the first Kung Fu Panda. Actually, I didn't expect I was to. Too. I did not expect to like it that much. I agree. And it is a really really good movie. It like, was. There's so much heart in that movie. Yep. That oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, this is a film that I waited like I didn't hear anyone say anything about the film so I kind of took it as uh, it wasn't going to be that great because the trailers didn't really do it for me yeah, at all yeah the trailers aren't that great yeah so uh, I mean I waited for video and then I was I really wish I had gone out to, to the theaters and see this because the first beautiful. One, I'm wondering if they did additional rendering between the trailers and the final because also when I was watching the trailers I, I was like this is so simplistic animation wise and everything yeah. and then the final movie was actually really beautiful looking yeah it is it's a gorgeous in its own movie. style yeah, yeah. And they also have a really cool animation at the beginning that's completely different when he's sure. like having that fantasy or whatever. Right, right. That I really like. That was good. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminds me of how awesome the animation was in Deathly Hollows. Yep. Which was awesome. I loved that whole story. Yeah, that was of really the, cool. Uh, the, yeah, the Deathly Hollows, yeah. the way they animated that was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the next one's not even coming out in 2011. Uh, y- yeah. The Avengers isn't coming out in 2012. That's true. That's right. S- same with The Hobbit, for that matter. Skip it. And what's but Hotel Transylvania? We have to read September thirtieth, two thousand eleven release. Dracula, the mummy. We're the movies I've never even heard of. No, but that's okay because we, we do have a movie that is on here that we are. I at least I'm looking forward to like no other. What? Uh, I think it's uh the last Starfighter two. I don't think there's an actual movie. Oh my bad. It's uh Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. Oh, I just get back to that because we already said we want to get one. Well, I mean, you know, love it. <sighs> love everything. The Bear and the Bow. I've heard of. Tintin. Oh, I know it's coming out yet this year. Really. Frank and Weenie, was that coming out this year? No. Yeah. 
It was, what is a lot of this? Please believe it or not. Terminator 3? What? What? I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Terminator 3. Transformers 3. Oh, yeah, Transformers, Transformers 3 comes 3. out. Yep. Yep. Oh, my Get God. Get smart, too. Can That's we, not even Can we made. forget the Transformers franchise exists at <laughs> no. all? No. We, we, the man who killed Don Cody, which apparently is going through even uh, just yeah, as much just problems. Yeah, another. Another snafu. Yeah. Goodness. Get smart, yeah. too. Will that film ever get made? There's a... There's a Lost in La Mancha. Besides those, there's also, like, <laughs> Red State I'm really looking forward to, obviously. Oh, yeah. Because um, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. But, um... I don't know. Uh, I just saw... Oh, Green Lantern. Like, Green Lantern stuff's not on there. That's right. It's weird. That's odd. I know. What's going and on? Thor's also? not on there. Also, yeah. Also true. Yeah, that's weird. That makes me... It just makes me ponder uh, why... First Class is First yeah, Class X-Men next First year? Class is next year, too. Yeah. That's coming in, like, June. That's getting no hype, by the no. way. It really doesn't have much of an uh, internet presence at all. The only thing we hear about it is the new casting news every now and then. And there's also a direct-to-video sequel for Street Kings with starring Ray Liotta. Oh, here we go. Season of the Witch, Nicolas Cage. That was supposed to be this year. Yeah, it was. I remember yeah. seeing trailers for a while ago. That was on my list Did for, that I get think, pushed February. back for like production problems or anything like that? Oh, I have no idea. I just remember one day it just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Same with the Adjustment game. Bureau. Yeah, where did the Adjustment Bureau go? That looks amazing. And it has one of the best trailers ever. Yeah. Right. Oh man! And then we heard nothing, which just no, like nothing. spoke meat again. And they oh. think people forgot about it, but I I did not forget. <laughs> I did not forget. <laughs> I did that not looks forget. awesome. Uh, the Green Hornet. Don't uh, care. So don't care. Which I actually really want to see now. I, I like the new trailer a lot. I love Michelle Gondry. Um, the trailer really doesn't hold enough interest for me, but I, I will I will go see it. I think the new trailer is really good. I was really bored by the series on TV, and I don't care. I didn't for see Seth it. Yeah, I didn't. I never really watched it on TV, but I. I Seth mean, Rogen is probably is the finest actor of our generation. Ugh. Mm. Bite your tongue. Just did. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I did. Uh, next, we have here the dilemma. I, I mean, I comedies are never really like really looking forward. I mean, that's not really. It's always like the big action blockbusters. A and lot summer of comedies movies. just aren't interesting anymore either. Uh, yeah, that's part of it. But I mean, I always think of like, I think of like the, the the comedies is always like something that that gets advertised later. You have to see a trailer for it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's never really like. Not a very good trailer though. No. Both, really. both of them are pretty unfunny. It's yeah. one of those uh, trailers that kind of gives way too much in the movie. Work. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think they should have left what the dilemma is, kind of. Yeah, they showed a lot in that trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, we have her "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark." It's a another. It's a Guillermo del Toro production. Yeah. Um, it's funny because the picture right next to it is from like the 70s version of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it looks all right. Uh, I think the creatures are a little too CGI for my liking. Yeah. I mean, he does. He does like to 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 create these. These big elaborate monsters, Guillermo yeah. del Toro does. I don't know what. I don't know if that has anything to do with the uh, the outcome of the film, but um, but they do always look beautiful. And I I know he does like to go for those genuine scares. Mm. Um, I thought the trailer was pretty creepy. Yeah, I mean every I mean everyone in my theater jumped at that last. Yeah. The last uh, the scare. Yeah. So uh, I mean, we'll the, see how that the goes. The next movie is one of those movies that um, it looks like they're putting out two of the same idea. Yeah, I remember. I saw the other trailer. I didn't see this one. Yeah, this one. Uh, no strings attached with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman is one of those movies where uh, it's like two friends and they just get into a sexual relationship with, of course, no strings attached. But the, the thing I don't like about this movie right away is you can see them on screen and it looks like they have zero chemistry. And Natalie Portman is almost too classy for something like this. And well, it's weird too, because like she was, she wants to do like this, this like completely like sex comedy on with like her and like I don't know if it, uh, I forget who else that she was going, she was talking about like working on this, and she kept trying to bring it up to like movie studios, and no one was like taking it because they thought it was kind of like crass and classless, right? Which is weird. I think she just wants to do anything. 
Think so? And I don't mean anything like she'll do anything for paycheck. I think she just wants to hit every genre. Yeah. Like, she wants to spread her wings and fly. She wants know? her EGOT or whatever yeah, that is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. She yeah. wants her EGOT. Yeah. Um, yeah, she is branching out. But, I mean, the other one, um, I don't remember what the name of it is, but it is with is Mila Friends Kunis. Friends with Benefits? Friends with Benefits, yeah. Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Yeah. Even less on-stream chemistry from the trailer than this one. <clears throat> I didn't see the trailer for this one, but I didn't mind the trailer for the other one, but it's nothing I would, like, run out and see. Yeah. I just like just I think Justin Timberlake's a very charismatic actor. See, I, I really like Timberlake as an actor, and I really like Kunis, and I have zero desire to see that movie. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, next one, I, I don't... Uh, I've never heard of The Way Back, but it's got to be awesome. It's Peter Weir. Yeah, it. Peter Weir. With Colin Farrell, it has to be good. Yeah. Jim Ed Sturgis. Harris. Ed Harris. Ed Harris is yeah, awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. The mechanic. No, I've only seen the poster for the mechanic, but I haven't seen the trailer. I have watched the trailer. How is it? I think it looks interesting. Um, it's, I mean, it's Jason Statham, so it's, so it has to be good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a big action fest, but I think they have a little more of a personal element involved. Basically, uh, his his boss. He, I mean, he's a mechanic. He fixes things. He's a hitman, and his boss gets bumped off by the same company, and he kind of takes it personally and takes in the guy's son and starts training him to be a mechanic. So it's like Karate Kid. A little bit. Can we agree that Jason Statham only stars in movies that have a the in the title of the film? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. The Death Race. We'll just throw the, the snatch. The in there. The Snatch. Yes. The Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next we have that movie, you know. The Right. The Right with Anthony Hopkins. The trailer wasn't that bad. I was surprised. Uh, it gets a little too cliche towards little, the end of it. Yeah. But I didn't mind it. And I thought uh, Anthony Hopkins actually looked pretty cool in it. Yeah. Although I did say the same thing about uh, Instinct. It's one of the best movies of the past 20 years. Yeah, good call. <laughs> I never heard of Sanctum. Sanctum. Oh. Never heard of the roommate. I've heard of the yeah, roommate. Drive angry. drive angry. That's what I want right <laughs> yeah. now. I'll watch any movie with a crazy Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Really? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. He just has to be coked out of his mind. Bad Lieutenant. Oh, my god. It's goodness. one of the greatest movies ever made. I think one of the smartest the decisions they've made is that this was originally supposed to be called Drive Angry 3D, and now the poster clearly is Drive Angry, very large letters, <laughs> in 3D, very small. So. But they've shot it in 3D, which makes me more... I, I will go see in 3D because it was actually shot in 3D with right. 3D cameras and stuff. Yeah. See, I saw the trailer in 3D. and Where, though? Um, God, I don't remember. Because the trailers don't always do justice to the 3D. You're in my, in my you're opinion. You're right, you're right. I was a little turned off by the 3D, yeah. but you're right. See, I'm I'm in the state of mind where I'll go see in 3D just because Amber Heard will be in 3D. Nice, but that's that's <laughs> just me. I um I can't believe Todd Farmer wrote this. Todd Farmer, one yeah. of the first movies he wrote was Jason X, Jason which was hilarious, by the way. One of the best movies of all. Which time. is where I think he wants to take this. <laughs> I don't think he takes himself too seriously. Yeah, I think all of his movies are like that. Yeah, which is and good. Patrick Lussier also did the 3D My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, which was also shot in 3D, so that's cool. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nomeo and Juliet. Don't care. Never yeah. heard of it. Don't care. Yeah, I didn't hear of it either. I mean, I, I've seen the trailer. You've seen the trailer? Oh my god, it looks it's, terrible. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. There's two. <laughs> there's two yards. One has blue gnomes. One has red gnomes. They come and it's the Toy Story premise of they can't be seen, but they can move around when there aren't people looking at them type thing. Oh, okay. now I want to see it. And yeah, now, <laughs> now they have like a, a red gnome falls in love with a blue gnome. It and sounds it's, so bad. It's wow. Romeo and Juliet with lawn gnomes. Look, who came up with that garbage? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you. John Lasseter? <laughs> Maybe me. Maybe you. Uh, next we have uh, Just, just Go it. With It. I didn't see a trailer Both for this. Fat. I mean, it's Adam Sandler and Dennis Duggan doing what they do. Yeah. Yep. I have seen the trailer for this. How was it? Uh, it looks all right, actually. Looks Premise okay. is... Um, it looks like a D- Dennis Duggan comedy. It looks like another useless Jennifer Aniston picture, in my opinion. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. No. <laughs> I can well, see Jennifer it's much Aniston more of an uh, Adam Sandler movie. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, useless Jennifer Aniston, is in, she's useless in it. Any Every movie she's in, the, the, no one goes and sees it for her, is what I'm saying. True. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I know how the movie's going to end already, too. So <laughs> They stay together? Yeah. Well, they're not together. Nicole Kimmons in it? 
Nicole Kidman. They're they're faking being together. Dave Matthews is having a family. Dave Matthews is always good in those movies, though. Yeah. yeah. What? He was amazing in You Don't Mess with the Zohan. He was hysterical in that movie. I Wasn't he in, uh, like, where, uh, where, the, where the red fern grows? I want to say he was in, because like, Because of Winn-Dixie? I didn't see that. I think I just hate Dave I don't Matthews. think where the red fern grows was, a, like, a recent movie. Is. I think it was, like, a TV movie, though. Oh. Anyway. Uh, next one we have is I, num- I Am Number 4. I'm it's really like pumped. Garbage. I'm really pumped. <laughs> it looks so bad. I don't it's care. It's directed by DJ Caruso. I can't so expect it. So it has to be bad. <laughs> um... The trailer was interesting. That's when I when we caught that at Harry Potter. Yep. But uh I don't know. I can't I mean looking at looking at the writing team, Miles Millar. I, I just realized they're going Alfred week, Goff? week by week in fe- um, February. This might take a really long time if we're gonna go through everyone. You know that writing team though, right? Yeah. That's Smallville. Yeah. The creators of Smallville. Yeah. One of right. the show wasn't as good. Nah, mm. I think it'll be alright. But DJ Caruso, I don't know. Yeah, he's terrible. He's he's pretty bad. Superpowers, I'm in. Timothy Oliphant, though. <laughs> Isn't he an alien? I thought he was an alien. Yeah, but he has superpowers. But he's an alien, so they're not superpowers. They're just his powers. Oh, do you love Oliphant? <laughs> Unknown. Unknown. Oh, yeah. I saw this trailer when I went awesome. to see uh, the next three days. Awesome. Um, looks great. It does look interesting. It looks like a movie I, I saw called Shattered, like in the 90s. It looks like Taken, too. <laughs> yeah, because Liam... Well, the last 10 seconds of the trailer were Liam Neeson just punching the crap out of somebody. I love it. That's what Is I Liam Neeson just, like, all of a sudden the biggest action star of all time because <laughs> of Taken? <laughs> That's right. Um, and he was even in the uh, next three days. He has a cameo. He was also in the A-Team. I don't like it when movies come out with the same name within a same, like, I don't know, five or six years. Because Unknown, have you seen the other one? No. There was unknown. It was a really and it had uh, Jim Caviezel actually. Really good Caviezel. movie about sorry um, <laughs> about uh, <laughs> I think it's like five or six people wake up in a warehouse together. They don't know how they got there. They have to start unraveling. Like one guy's tied up in a chair. One guy's like shot and bleeding, and they're trying to figure out why they're there, who's who, and yeah. like who are the good guys, who are the bad guys. It's a really cool premise. Actually, a really good movie. Huh. And I think this is just going to overshadow. Isn't it like a it. Saw movie? Was it like the producers of Saw or something? Because I kind of now I remember seeing the poster and it looking a lot like I'm going to look it up. For, for I a, think visually it might have looked a lot like Saw, but as far as genre wise, not even close. What movie are we talking about again? Unknown. Unknown. That didn't. I don't think it had anything to do with Saw. No, I'm not saying it had anything to do with Saw. I'm just saying it remi- like the poster or something reminded me of Saw. Oh, there's a movie that came out around that time that reminded me a lot of Saw. That's probably what you're thinking of. I would assume. Weird. Let's move on to the next one, though. While yeah, yeah. This is going to take way too long. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The uh, next one we have here is Hall Pass. That looks all right. Fairly Brothers. Yeah, it looks all right. <laughs> it kind of seems to be the consensus for all the uh, Fairly Brothers movies. Yeah, so give or take. Yeah, they're all right. I mean, I like the cast and everything, but... What was the know. worst Fairly Brothers film? Hmm. The I didn't worst? see. I didn't see Outside Providence. This, oh, I, I heard that, that was funny. They didn't direct that, though, right? Did they? I don't think they did. I think they just produced it. Oh, maybe you're right. I really liked it. I always, I always think of that movie. I hated that movie. Really? Yeah. I just thought it was so unfunny. Hmm. Um, Alec Baldwin was What was the one with, um, was it uh, Heather Graham? Um, Say It Isn't So? Say It Isn't So, I don't yeah. think they directed that one either. I didn't really? see that. Goodness, I'm naming all the Fairly <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> I think these are the ones they produced. Oh, okay. Shallow Hal. Shallow Hal's pretty funny. I mean, it's Osmosis some Jones. jokes. That was garbage. That was they directed Fairly Brothers? That? Good Lord. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that wins. Yeah. <laughs> no contest. Pretty sure that wins. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, the Eagle. No idea. Starring Channing Tatum. No idea. It's going to yeah. be the worst ever then. For Channing Tatum. Kevin McDonald directed it. Do you know who he is? Yes. Okay, good. Moving on. Adjustment Bureau. 
That is coming out next year. Did they drop the the? It's just adjustment bureau now. No, it's the the adjustment bureau. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It just says adjustment bureau. Mm. Yeah, but come on. Lists are never wrong. I have <laughs> the trail. The trailer would. Well, you know, never mind. <laughs> As Shrek well, yeah, goes but, forth, let us know. Yeah, but uh, there have been trailers that have wrong names in it. It, it just happened with something else recently. Yeah. Because they changed the title of it. That happens a lot. I'm trying to now. I can't. I completely don't remember any of them now. But yeah, there have been. What was that? Uh, what was that one for that came out for like? Uh, oh man, anyone that know anyone that knows what oh, I'm talking about. Shark Tale. Shark Tale wasn't called. It was called Shark Slayer. And there was actually promos. I just saw it. Um, I opened up a DVD of another DreamWorks movie, and inside was it said Shark Slayer oh with all those God. characters. And I was like, "What the fuck is Shark Slayer?" Right. And I looked it up, and that's what it was called for like a long time before it came out. Wow. Why would they call it Shark Slayer? That, well, is that, is that even anything to do with the film? Well, isn't aren't isn't aren't sharks the bad guys in it? Yeah. It's very oh. clear why they would change the name. Yeah. I mean, it's a kids movie. Yeah. Yeah. Shark Slayer. Really, really but I saw that. Harsh. I was like, what is this? It's yeah. kind of like the whole Revenge of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi thing. Right. And well, yeah. And then they had the Rapunzel thing when they redid that yeah. and that became Tangled. Yep. Wow. Uh, next we have here is Apollo 18, which I hadn't heard it's of. It's a found footage film. Found footage film. Eh. Eh. Moving on. Eh. Take Me Home Tonight. No idea. With Topher Grace and Anna Faris. Yeah. Wow. I'm so out. Yeah. I want to see Battle of Los Angeles really bad. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to, so I saw I, like, an um, awesome trailer. Yeah. The tra- yeah the, uh, I saw a new trailer for. Uh, the trailer's so badass. <laughs> it's so battle LA. I don't like the end of it, though, when it's just the uh, sound and the, I don't know. Yeah, because that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> it's overdone. That's such an overdone trailer dynamic. Uh, I actually really want to see Jane here. I think that trailer looks really cool. I have not seen it. It's yeah, surprisingly really creepy. It's a Kaska. But Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender, it. yeah. Mm. Carrie Fukunuka. What? That name's familiar to me. I feel like I've seen a movie... Recently, but uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not. I've never been a big fan of Charlotte Bronte. Uh, I don't know who that is. Is that the writer of Jane? Yeah, Jane. <laughs> yeah, or the um. I don't know. And we're gone. Mars. Oh. Ne- Mars needs mom. Looks horrible. Yeah, it does look terrible. Yeah, horrible. I don't know why they continue to use that Polar Express yeah, like animation style. Everyone is so creeped out by it. Yeah, it looks really creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even look good. There's nothing interesting about that. No, movie. not at all. I agree. There's a lot of alien movies. Like Planet Fifty One was one that kind of like came and went. Apparently, we're moving on from vampires to aliens next year. Yeah, I guess so. Oh yeah, Cowboys was aliens. There's the the Super Eight Skyline. Sky. Well, that was this year. Was it? Skyline came out like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Um, Red well, Riding it's starting Hood. the trend, okay? That's a weird picture. That is but a weird <laughs> picture. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Red Riding Hood. Not yeah, too interested. Yeah, not at all. But you know it's going to get like all the Twilight people. Involved. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. Because Catherine Hardwick and Amanda Seyfried, who's getting a, like, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's the Mean Girls chick. Yep. So. I don't think they'd say that anymore. Not anymore. She's made a lot of movies recently that people go and see. Like what? Like Dear John, which did oh, incredibly God. well. When Everyone it came hated out. that, apparently. Letters well, changed the fact that it did really well. Yeah, Letters Juliet was another one that did really well. Oh, yeah. Chloe. I don't know if it did really well, but no. she got naked in it. It's true. Beastly. Beastly looks interesting. I, I mean, it looks, it looks like garbage. It looks a little too teeny oh. bopper, but it's a modern take on. I've never heard beast. of this. It was supposed to come out last year. True. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was probably supposed to come out like two years ago. That movie's been made forever. Robert De Niro's doing a lot this year and next year. He's a busy man. Dark Fields. Never heard of it. Me neither. Yeah, I mean, either Bradley Cooper's in it. Maybe Cornish. Huh. Neil Berger. Neil Hamburger. Hamburger. Uh, the Lincoln Lawyer, which no I idea. did see a trailer of. Um, I don't know. Matthew McConaughey always keeps doing his same old shtick. Is he still making movies? 
Well, yeah, he's in this, and he's playing like the same guy from like Two for the Money type. Oh, he needs <laughs> to stop. <laughs> he's the same like. Uh, I don't know. I think he just like I. You know, did he get an Oscar for A Time to Kill? Is that why he just keeps doing everything he's doing? I have no idea. I don't know. Anyway, Greg Matola. I like this already. Paul. Yeah, Paul looks awesome. Paul looks awesome. That's, That's the alien movie, right? That's an interesting premise, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, these two guys are on their way to uh, Comic-Con, yeah. And they, uh, they stop and hit an alien, apparently. Pretty sure that's made for people like us. Yeah, it's all, absolutely. But, but uh, yeah, Nick Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, Seth Rogen, Jason Bateman. I mean, all these people. Seth Rogen. Oh, my God. Seth Rogen voices Paul, Paul, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which annoys me a little bit already, but, but uh, I'll get over it. Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sucker Punch. That is that coming out? Yeah, next year. That's okay. gonna be a visual fest. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, there was a movie that came out like it kind of. I don't know if it came out it's like direct to DVD. Oh man, what was it called? Something bitch like bitch slap. Yes. That, that did, I don't know why, but this poster makes me think of that. It is a very similar uh, look, I think. Yeah. I haven't watched Bitch Slap. It's on my instant queue. Yeah, that's been like I see it every there, and I'm just like, what is this garbage? Yeah. Uh, Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, my goodness. Andy McDowell. Yeah. Dennis Quaid. Are they foot? <laughs> are they the stars? I guess. <laughs> Who's going to play Footloose. the... Footloose. Dennis Quaid going to play the John Lithgow role? That's what I say about Footloose. Weird. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, some of these are... I don't even know. The, Rio. Know I know about Rio. I've heard of Rio, but I haven't... It's another one that looks looks gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. I think it's going to be good, too. I haven't seen a trailer for this yet. God. Your Highness... Get out of here. Come on. That looks nope. hilarious. Nope. Looks Danny terrible. I, a lot of people are, are giving a lot of mixed reviews for the seasons of Eastbound and Down. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, whenever Danny McBride shows up in films, he's always funny. I just don't think he can do a lead. Carry a film? I think he's a character actor. I don't know, man. David Gordon Green. Can't go wrong. I like him. There's so many of these. Stretch Armstrong? Yeah, believe it or not, they are planning a Stretch Armstrong. For next year. That's weird. Taylor Lautner starring. Get out of here. I will never see it. No. Three Musketeers. I like that they have the one for the 93. (laughs) I feel like Three Musketeers has been in development forever. Yeah. Paul W. Sanderson. I don't... eh. That's uh, that's the Event Horizon guy? Or is that Paul... Is that someone else? No, that's Event Horizon guy. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. And then the thing... Don't care. Yeah, I like it. I like it the way it is. Just like you were talking about um, how Wizard of Oz. Just leave these some of these alone. Well, it's a prequel, so it's not like it's. Oh, is it? Yeah, it actually sounds really cool. Like it's supposed to lead up right to when the first movie, the original movie starts. Oh well, then fine. That's yeah. Fine. It sounds actually kind of cool. I retract my statement then. Bridesmaids, man. Don't care. <laughs> Priest. And then God, there's a bunch of. Priest does. I, a I like Paul Bettany, but I heard he was really bad in Legion. Uh, Legion was just a bad movie. I don't think it was Bettany's oh, fault. Okay, my bad. And then the pirates get out of here. And here with Thor, we talked hey, about. Hey, Thor. Kung Fu Panda 2. Hangover 2. Hangover 2. Um, give or take. Why? I mean, it's going to be weird because you know that sequels always have to have, like, uh, try to up the ante, but it just seems so weird for to have another Hangover. I, I wonder what the, the story. whole gimmick's done. The gimmick, yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Have the same thing? Where I mean, it's going to have the same characters. That's probably the only reason it's called Hangover Two. They're not going to possibly run through the well. We had another drunken night, and they probably will. They probably will. Probably will. Which is a bad idea, I think. Because I don't think he can really think of anything else. Um, And then I'll just go to these two, and then we'll just kind of take a break. But uh, Super Eight. I mean, I trust in JJ. 
I love everything he does. What about undercovers? He didn't do that. Yeah, he did. No, my bad. <laughs> I didn't see it, so sure. I'm kind of uh, I get to uh, Although he have only my my scapegoat. Right? No, he directed the first one. Yeah, he directed the first yeah. episode. Um, and then Green Lantern. Green Lantern, we talked about a little yeah. bit. Which uh, Ryan Reynolds, pff, he's the man. I don't understand all the hate for the trailer because I really enjoy it. A lot of people complain that they just don't they don't like the cheesiness of the uh, of Ryan Reynolds and uh, of him being such a like a. Van Wilder type character, which I don't. I think he just gets stereotyped. My issue is that he's he's playing Ryan Reynolds. He's not playing Hal Jordan. But which Hal Jordan? There's been every different incarnation of Hal. If you watch like First Flight, he's a lot like that, like the cocky, uh, very sure of himself pilot, which is a lot like Ryan Reynolds. Snarky. I think he's very snarky in First Flight. Really? Yeah, I think he's very he's wicked cocky about himself, and he's snarky because I think he's leaning more towards Kyle Rayner territory. I don't know. Depends on which one you read, because there's a lot of the old Hal Jordan stuff where he's like a cocky fire pilot like that. It's just overdone. Like, he's playing Tony Stark, I felt like, especially with even the beginning of it. That's a Tony Stark move. That's not a Hal Jordan thing. Why not? Because he just, he's not like that. It's not within his character. I love Martin Campbell. It's true. Ugh. I watched it. I'm trying to think of... Mask of Zorro, GoldenEye. I mean, he... I, we, this has been said before in another podcast, but I mean, Martin Campbell... Reestablished a, a, a franchise twice in the same franchise with with James Bond. Yeah, and it, it, it both those movies are are just amazing. Goldeneye was amazing. Oh, so good. So good. Casino Royale, amazing. Absolutely. So, um, I thought maybe we'd just take a little quick break and then kind of a yeah, we're drinking a, a little bit. bit. Yeah, I yeah, think just about an hour now. Yeah. Energy yeah. levels dropping. So we'll uh we'll come back. We'll reassess some thoughts and uh. We'll go scope around and see if we have any uh, things going around the convention. Sweet. Yeah, I should probably talk about the convention since we're here. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll be back. Okay. Bye. All right. That was quite a nice break. Um, Now we're going to – we're pretty much going to run through a series of interviews. Yeah. These were all fun. Yeah. These were all a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, First up, we have Gabby West. Yes. The very nice, very talented Gabby West. Winner of uh, VH1 Scream Queens and appearing in Saw 3D. Yep, Saw 3D. Um, And then we had the legendary Fantastic Ox Baker. Fantastic Ox Baker. That was something else. The the wrestler extraordinaire. (laughs) Uh, Followed by Felix Silla. Yep. Who was in Buck Rogers, and he was also Cousin It in the old Adams Family TV show. Awesome. Very, very nice gentleman. Um, Paranormal activist. Keith Johnson, who wrote two books that I actually really want to read now. And then finally, Carl Herring Jr., a comic book writer who had some uh, good things to say. Writer yep. of Crime Wave and uh, the Enforcers. The Enforcers. Yes. So uh, go check those out. He's, his uh, production company is 3jproductions.com. Yes. So uh, yeah, there's these interviews coming up, and that's it for the rest of the show. So uh, we hope you like the interviews. Enjoy. Anything to say, Hector? Ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, I'm in. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are here with uh, actress Gabby West from Saw 3D. Hi. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But, uh, we were running a, a, a little uh, movie podcast, and uh, we, we caught your eye, and we said, hey, let's see if we can grab uh, Gabby while she's uh, available. Awesome. But, uh, <laughs> um, but how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? I'm good. Uh, is this your, is this, uh, your first time in, in the New England era? It is. Yeah. I've been wanting to come here forever. Yeah. So, so it's not used to the whole like 
cold weather in LA. I mean, it's I mean, it's not like uh, we have got like snow going on or anything like that. But I mean, it's, it's <laughs> I kind of wish yet. I kind like I have family that that visits from Puerto Rico and then they come up. They're like, well, why don't you guys have any snow? Like and like it was if we have snow at all times. But <laughs> it's uh, but uh, yeah, I, um, but yeah, is it, a, is, is it is it so cold? <laughs> is it like one of those experiences? Like I'm, I don't think I'm gonna come back here again. <laughs> no, I'd love to come back. I actually lived um, in the Midwest for a while. Oh, yeah? Up, so Where about? Wyoming, Montana, North Dakota. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Big really old. cold places. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I don't I, I don't mind the cold so much. I just get cold easily, even in L.A. I get cold. Yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you get used to the L.A. weather, too, and then you come out here, yeah. it doesn't yeah, help at all. I think your blood thins or something. Yeah, it does. I don't know. Plus, we have the draft coming in through the door there, so we've been yeah. sitting in this chill all day. Oh, my God. You guys need some heaters. I know. I we're, know right? we're just crazy. <laughs> we just kind of <laughs> sit in here, and we're just like, I, I keep myself busy. Like, whatever I do, I just have to, like, start typing really fast or something. If I'm like, <laughs> I'll start clapping my hands together, maybe to <laughs> start a fire. I don't know. Whatever I can. But just stay warm. But, yeah. I'm used to it. I've, I've been I've been camping before. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I know how God, to tough through the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, right so one of the things we noticed, um, obviously you were in Saw 3D. Mm -hmm. We noticed that you are in the upcoming Fright Night. Yeah, you know what? Unfortunately, I'm not doing the movie. Oh no. Um, yeah, the what they wanted for the character wasn't something I was willing to do. Oh okay. So. What are you working on? Do you have any projects coming I up just, in the future? Yeah, I just finished something called Chillerama. Okay. It's a oh, horror wow. anthology movie. It's like four vignettes of um, little short horror films mm -hmm. with Adam Rifkin is one of the directors, Tim Sullivan, who was on Scream Queens, um, Adam Green, who did Hatchet 2 okay. and Frozen, mm -hmm. Joe Lynch, um, really cool. Uh, one of the guys from Avatar is in... Uh, one of the segments, Joel Moore. Okay. Um, and that's going to premiere in May at Fright Fest in Texas. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, great. So, so yeah, yeah, for a, a Texas audience that goes out. Uh, where, where, do you know whereabouts they'd be able to find that show? Um, you know, I don't have all the details on it. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to, yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll Google that later. Yeah, <laughs> we've been for doing sure, that. For it's, sure. It has been something that we've been doing like every now and we we've been getting some really nice press on it. Um, I know the Huffington Post just did uh, an online spread on it. So I just had a question about it. Um, do you know if it's more like Creep Show, how it's just four completely separate things? It is. It, it is because I know like uh, Trick or Treat, it kind of weaves all these stories together. It's exactly what Chillerama is. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see that now. Yeah. <laughs> which which part were you on? Um, I'm in Tim Sullivan's segment. It's called I uh, Teenage Werebear. Teenage Werebear. Yeah, <laughs> I was a teenage werebear. Is what it's called. I was a the name alone. That's yeah. all we need. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I was a teenage werebear. It's hilarious. So you've been um, doing a lot of things in the horror genre. Yeah. Have you always been a fan? Yeah, I have. I'm um, a big Silence of the Lambs fan. Yeah. Um, oh, wow, yeah. I, I'm trying to think. Fright Night, the original, have you seen? Uh, yes, yes. Really good. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've always been a big horror fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there uh, other genres you're planning on branching out to as well? Oh, definitely. I want to do drama yep. and comedy. Yeah. I'm actually have kind of a comedic role in Chillerama, and I'm singing in it. Oh, really? Yeah. So you get to see like a side that. Is that a little it. intimidating? Um. No, you know it's something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. So it's exciting. 
That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. What um, what kind of things like when when you started first started, kind of going into like uh, did you did you start out like in L.A. like do you, have you lived there like all your life or is that something that you kind of like, uh, got into through through like through work or through going to school or anything like that? You know, I actually didn't finish college. Yep. And I became a production assistant on films, and I've worked on like seven major pictures as a a PA for like a producer, a director, and then just a production assistant. And mm-hmm. then I decided I wanted to be an actress. And I moved to LA like the middle of 2007. Oh, wow. So. And then doing all the production assistant work that people just kind of saw, like, saw like some of the stuff you were doing? Is it? Um, it, more than anything, it just kind of lent um, connections to the business and just seeing things from behind the scenes. Right. Like yours how network, things really yeah. operate. Um, it was definitely a really, really good experience and, and just watching how everything works, you know? Yeah. So um, I think more than anything, it's just what really made me want to be an actress. Yeah. I'd say you're in a rare position to where most actors and actresses probably haven't gotten every side of it yeah. so you get to see the movie from multiple perspectives yeah definitely i mean the whole thing with being like an actress it's so much different than being like what you're saying being able yeah. to be objective and watching it from a different point of view because you need to like be able to get your shot done so quickly because there's so much money that sure. goes into just you know 10 minutes of, of film it's like you have to do it right away unless it's a big budget movie um, and the film that I just worked on, we made with very, very little. So we really didn't have time to, to redo anything. Yep. Yeah. Um, and just how much like the crew costs to keep uh, on staff every day from like a producer. I'm not, a, I haven't done that, but I've worked for a producer. It's, just, it's incredible like what it costs. Right. And a lot of actors don't aren't aware of how much it really is sure so yeah it's definitely um very hopeful to have the the outsider's like perspective yeah well yeah you clearly have a different appreciation for it do you ever find yourself falling back into that role just like uh, i should be focusing on the acting but i'm also my head's wrapped around all this other stuff too i try not to i would like to produce in the future because i think i have a natural like ability for it but um I get pretty consumed with acting, definitely, when I'm doing it. Yeah. Like, it's, it kind of takes over. But I certainly think about things from their point of view sure. at the same time. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what brought you uh, into the role of um, working on Saw 3D. And, uh, like, who, what, like what, were the, what, were the, um, what was the kind of, like, the origin to that or working on that film? I actually was on a TV show called Scream Queens. Mm-hmm. And I won... Uh, Which was on VH1. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, basically it was eight weeks with ten different actresses. There was 36,000 applicants. We went through these, like, really rigorous um, acting challenges yeah. every week. And that's how I got my part in Saw. Yeah. You really <laughs> earned it. Yes. <laughs> it was a very intense process. It was. It's by far the hardest thing I've done to date. I'm yeah. sure I'll have bigger challenges, but it 
certainly was. Very what was difficult. it? What was it like working on a set like that? Because I mean, I you gotta, I gotta think like one set is like just. I mean, working on a a, a franchise like that. And on Saw. Yeah. It was amazing. Everybody was very supportive. Yeah. Um, everyone really was like a team player and. Um, it was really a cool yeah. experience. Like I always hear stories, like working on the uh, where sets for like other films, it might be a little bit more, a, a little bit more difficult to work with other people. But uh, I guess when it's always like the f- with a horror film or, or or tense and thrilling films, they always seem to be a lot more um, enjoyable. Like I think people get a lot more and get more enjoyed at. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Something like I think people just enjoy the, the experience that they have all together with working on this because it's a lot of fun. They bring a lot out of it. But uh, I don't know if that's something that's true to true to you or if your experience is something similar to that. You mean like the pressure? Or yeah, I'd say pressure-wise. Yeah, I, I definitely think it was a, a very like fulfilling experience. Yeah. Um, and I got really, you know, fortunate with whom I, I worked with. I, the lead singer of Lincoln Park played my boyfriend, who's really lovely. Oh, wow. Um, and then Tanidra Howard, I, I didn't get to work with her, but she's in the movie, whom I love. She was my favorite from season one. Um, and I think that having a certain amount of pressure is good. It, I, I do well under pressure. So, yeah, yeah I would agree with that. That's yeah, good. it amps your performance yeah, up to level. Yeah, I think so, Absolutely. definitely. Yeah. Now, would you say that uh, doing production assistant work was uh, just as hard or harder some than working on actually working in the film itself, oh, like doing acting I mean, work. they work you to the bone. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so different because it's more of like multitasking and, and about organization and being logical. Yeah. Acting for me is a lot more intuitive and creative. It's, it's the other side of the brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say that. It really works a different muscle. Mm-hmm. So they're they're very different um, things. Yeah. But still, I think the same amount of work. For I've sure. <laughs> I just had a question. I know we already talked about it a little bit. But what is it like uh, auditioning just to get on the Screen Queen show? Like, What kind of a process is that? Um, you know, they had two really big casting calls one in LA and one in New York and I couldn't make it to either of those so I sent in a home videotape I was actually the only girl that was cast off a home videotape oh, wow. wow yeah and um after uh I had a call back and they flew me I was in New Mexico at the time and they flew me to LA and they sequestered there were other girls there they sequestered us in a hotel for three days and we had like psychological and physical testing and it was a very wow. intense and then an additional audition with the producers and some people from Lionsgate. Oh, wow. Is it a lot of paperwork? Yes. <laughs> because I just heard something about the real world recently where he said that he had like a 150-page like application just to fill out. Oh, my her. goodness. That wasn't our application, but we we had some tests that were very lengthy. The wow. The psychological test was definitely the longest test I've ever taken my, in my life and the most complex in a strange way. Hmm. What, what kind of physical test do you mean? Like... Um, just you know, like your heart and, you know, just normal things that you would go to the doctor for every year to check your, your health. Make sure you, you make like, it through the rigors. Yeah. Do you <laughs> like being on that type of show? Do I like being on that type of show? Well, like the the reality, you know, competition type thing. Like um, that. So I had a a very positive experience on Scream Queens. I certainly would not never do reality again. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very psychological. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're being filmed all day long every yeah. day it's just 
I know you don't want to, like, you probably can't give too much away of what it was like, but, um, like, is it true, like, they were kind of shoehorning plots almost? Like, things that weren't actually happening, they kind of made look like happened? Um, no, you know, actually, things that happened on Scream Queens, for the most part, were very truthful. Um, I, I would say that you definitely saw some real the the hearts of all the the people that were on the show and and the attitudes and everything i would say it was pretty honest yeah would you say it was um it was like the like pressure wise having to do some of the 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 physical acts you know doing screaming and things like that like would, would you say that that's something that like you you that over time that became sort of a struggle or that you felt like comfortable doing that all the time you know episode to episode um I, some the thing with me sometimes I get um, I get really nervous and I get shy. Yeah. And I I don't really know when it's gonna happen. Well, you're around <laughs> geeks. <so laughs> you're talking no, to the you're no. preaching yeah, to the like choir right now. Yeah, it's just I've always kind of struggled with that. It doesn't matter like where I'm. I recently was at like a an award show and I had like my, I was just got so quiet because I just don't I just get. Nervous. I yeah. just get really nervous. It's kind of stage fright yeah. type stuff. Um, so that's something that I I still struggle with. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm sh I'm sure like you know working on the set like it, it, I feel I I I mean I don't know like again working with like other people working with other actors and they um like some sets I've I've heard night like it's always been like a nightmare you know working with some other actors but I always I'm always I'm always interested to see. Like some people having like good stories come out of working on 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 movies and and uh, the good experiences and positive. Uh I certainly think that for the most part, just having the experience of working on films is is really positive. Absolutely. And even though your experience at that time may be you know stressful or seem negative, it I think it all just kind of lends itself to building your professionalism and understanding what certain things are going to be like or not be like and I think it's all good to have all different types of experiences on set and definitely yeah yeah um I just thought we would uh take a um we would ask you because because we're we're doing a we're, our movie podcast is we go through like the AFI's um top 100 films of oh, all time awesome and um so we um, right. We're earlier we were kind of discussing uh, some of the our movies that we enjoyed over the year and some movies that we're looking forward to next year. Have you seen any uh, uh, movies this year that that really stuck out or something that you really enjoyed? Uh, yeah, I have. I've seen a few. I really liked Salt. Salt. I, salt? I just watched that recently, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, especially considering that the part was originally written for a male, and they yes. changed it around. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, I think Tom Cruise was supposed to do so. Yeah, I heard the same rumor. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's just such a badass. Like, it's she's true. so cool. I <laughs> I'm a big fan of hers. I recently saw Hereafter, like Matt Damon. He did. Oh, that yeah. looks really great, yeah. He That's was a, yeah. great in that. I, I've i heard Black Swan is really, really good. I want to see it so bad. I yeah. think it just opened on Friday. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah and a very I'm limited release yeah. too. What else has come out this year? I have had like such a crazy. Did you? Year. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like Social Network. Oh yeah, did you get to Social see that? Network. I did. Yeah. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is legit. I know. Yeah. yeah he out of really did a great job. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Of you know what questions. I just watched? That I was impressed with. 
was The Runaways. Have you seen that? Oh, I the uh, the story of Joan Jett. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I did want to see that. Yeah. really committed and really like. Yeah, but that she did a really cool job. Yeah, like she really committed to the character. It's always it's always interesting to see some actors and actresses um, given roles that like they kind of get typecast into uh, certain movies. Like in her case, it's Twilight, or like Natalie Portman was at the Star Wars films, and like you get to see them really show some of their acting skills and chops in other films. Yeah, so that they're not just typecast into that. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, uh, I I didn't get a chance to see Runaways, but I, I I've heard you know like a lot of things about the like the story, like uh, and it's always been interesting about like Joan Jett and it's like some of the rock It's a little slow at the beginning, yeah. but it picks up and it's just like, it's yeah, just it's truthful. Yeah, it's, it's always really cool to good. work in a rock yeah. star movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. So you're a rock star, you're playing a rock star yeah. more or less. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Could you ever see yourself playing like a real person? Or oh, who you'd want to? Absolutely. Um. Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a list you have to sort through in your head, almost. You know what? I couldn't, I couldn't answer that at this time for who I would want to play, but I certainly think I could do it. Yeah, for that'd sure. Be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I like, I like biopics, so. Yeah, I do biopics. too. Biopics are great. I do yeah. too. That's awesome. What, what about? Uh, I know this is kind of off topic, but what about uh, holiday theme? Like, what would you watch around this time of year? Do you have your favorite like, Christmas movies and stuff you like to watch? Um, I like Chevy Chase. <laughs> He's awesome. He's it's so hard not funny. to. Yeah, so you like Christmas Vacation? Um, I do. Let's see, what else? You know what? This is so funny, but there's a Ryan Reynolds movie. Just Friends? Yes! I love Just Friends. Dude, I it's love like... Just Friends. That movie's hysterical. It's so... <laughs> fucking Anna Faris is so funny. Yeah. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. So Great movie. So funny. Um, what else is good for holidays? I don't know. Die Hard? <laughs> it happens during Christmas. Um, I like Elf myself. That's a Elf, big one. Yeah. yeah or Christmas uh, Story. A lot of people watch Christmas Story this time of year. On Thanksgiving, Christmas 24 hours Christmas in a row. Story. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Gosh, I can't think of anything. Yeah, there's so many to watch this time of <laughs> yeah. year. So just thought I'd ask. Yeah, no, that's a good, great question. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh. I was going to ask, um, uh, like, so now uh, you're doing... Uh, this convention now is there is there anything else that we can look forward to seeing or our audiences can look forward to seeing you at uh fright fest in may yeah um that's i think for now that's pretty much it for conventions but um where could uh if people want to uh look you up and see uh, do, do you have a i do uh, i have a website it's gabbywest.com and i'm also on twitter and it's gabby underscore west Awesome. Yeah. 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 All our fans are on Twitter, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. I love Twitter. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't do Facebook. It's a whole different level of interaction, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I I feel like it's um in a way it's easier yeah, to definitely. interact. It's not so Because everyone's like right there and you know, you could just yeah. always do it at, at your own leisure. You yeah, know? I really like it a yeah. lot. It doesn't feel so intrusive, like you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Facebook is just so, I mean, it's such a public, like... Right. Yeah, like, you don't want... All your stuff is, like, right there. You don't want to be... Twitter's like kind of, like, only what you put out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really am a big fan of Twitter. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a lot easier to use, too. Phones and stuff like that. Um, is there anything else? Awesome. All right. It's been very nice talking with you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks good luck with all by. the things, you know, good luck in the, the conventions and... Uh, um, 
I was gonna say thank you. <laughs> uh, everyone's gonna be. I'll let everyone know. Go check out Saw 3D. Yeah, which is, we're uh, in the theater for about another theaters. week, and yep. it comes out January 25th on on DVD. Right around my birthday, by the way. Absolutely, oh, just saying. Awesome. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Gabby. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. No All right. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. We are here, and let me do. Uh, make sure I get this introduction proper. We are here with wrestling legend Ox Baker. <laughs> You actually have to say the fantastic Oxbaker because I, I won't talk to you then. Okay, I'm sorry. We are here with wrestling legend. Fantastic! fantastic. That's what Whoa, I like there to hear. <laughs> I'd like to hear the fantastic Oxbaker is here this morning. I want all you people, for years and years, you wondered about questions about wrestling. Well, today, any question that you would like to know about wrestling, don't be scared to ask to Ox Baker, Mr. Fantastic himself. Hmm. Well, I don't even, I don't think I could come up with a better introduction. No laughing. <laughs> we got to be serious here Serious. Today. Totally oh, sorry, serious. Face, Stop totally laughing. Hector, don't embarrass us. Sorry, lion right. face. We're lion here with face. Ox Baker. No embarrassing comments. Right. Absolutely not. It is true I like women with stretch marks. Some guys don't. Whoa. I, I have always <laughs> Forever I've liked them. They got stretch marks. I, even cavities, I don't care. You know, and the one that have dandruff, I climb all over. <laughs> Women with dandruff, you can just scratch your head or anything. You got a question? Don't be scared to ask because I will answer each and every question today. Well, this just opens up the floodgates. Absolutely, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Now, Ox, I have to first say, um, I've actually been on a wrestling show with you because I am. Right? I'm in the independent promotions myself. I know. I noticed you. Yeah. You was going through the sexual change then, wasn't you or not? Is that another guy? I, I don't know. That maybe that was I me. Don't I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was. I've met so many guys, you know. I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything. Well, you know Bob Evans, right? Bob yes, very well. Yes. He trained me. Is that right? That's right. Well, you got to be good because Bob Evans don't just take anybody. He wouldn't even take me for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, think I'm still, I can't, I can't. Lady, what are you doing now? <laughs> there is something you can top than an introduction. I'll talk to you later, honey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, I don't think you can top an introduction like that. I, uh, the, <laughs> you just, like you said, Ask you open the floodgates. Ask me about my movie, Escape from New York. Oh, absolutely. The greatest <laughs> cult movie of all times. Uh, and Ox Baker is in there. How do you do, sir? Nice to see Ox. He's still got them slimy hands, I see. But you got to watch some of these guys as they walk by, you know what I mean? Well, it is that type of place. But um, So, yeah, you worked with Kurt Russell himself. I did 11 movies in my time. Escape to New York, The Big Brawl, The Longest Yard. I did them all, brother. I was never the leading man, but they always wanted a good-looking guy, you know. When you have a face that wore out two bodies, you couldn't be the leading man. <laughs> Would you say that you've had a, a more enjoyable experience working on film than, uh, than, than, than others? Well, if you want to know the honest truth, every film I was on, was, it was accidental, right? I was not supposed to do Escape from New York, but Bruiser Brody lipped off to somebody in Puerto Rico. They stabbed and killed him. John Carpenter called me and said, Ox, we need you for Escape from New York. And you won't believe it. He got knifed last night, and you're calling me today? <laughs> he said, Ox, this is show business. Show business goes on no matter what happens to you. So I did the movie, and out of respect for Bruiser Brody, I never even went and seen the movie for 10 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you, do you <laughs> wow, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty incredible. Um, 
going through your movies, do you ever uh, go back to them and look at look at your role in the film? You know, I was never a movie star. I was a great roster. The movies all slipped in there one right after another. And in fact, I got the part for Caveman, but I someone got his arm broken in Australia. I had to go there and wrestle Andre the Giant. I came back and the Caveman was all was actually done with, with an ex-football player. So I was very disappointed. When you're going to do a movie, they want you right now. Don't even think about it. No matter if they ever call you, say, yes, I want to do that movie. And that's exactly what I did over the years. Oh, wow. Um, uh, talk, talk a little bit about uh, your experience with uh, working on different circuits in the wrestling well, what I found out that these guys are much more professional than the wrestlers are. Like Kurt Russell, when he did a movie, he was in bed by 10 o'clock. He was up at 6 o'clock in the morning. He wouldn't talk. He, we had quite a few parties. He never showed up because he, he wanted to have his part down pat. And over the years, uh, even like uh, uh, the big brawl would had Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan only came there the couple hours he was going to be in there. Then you didn't see him. He was at either rehearsing or doing stunts like that there. So they're very, very dedicated. Like the wrestlers, we travel, you know, 4,000 miles a week when we go to gyms and that. We're not that super dedicated. Like the movie industry people are very, very dedicated. Mm, they are. Um, working on the independent circuits, clearly it's a whole different state now these days than they were in the past. How have things changed? What have you noticed? Well... What's happened, everything has got bigger and better. Like today, you guys have three laptops there, right? Before, all you had was a microphone, you know. They, you know, they still got the fat guys doing the announcing, I see. <laughs> but that, that's all right, no matter. <laughs> you got to keep up with the time. And if you don't, the people are going to walk all over the top of you, you know. That's true. Um, uh, is there is there uh, experiences that you can uh, that uh, stick out as most memorable while working uh, during in either in uh, wrestling uh, with, with the, either the WWF or doing the independent circuit? Um, is there some people that that uh, you stay st still keep in close contact with? Well, you see, you got to understand in wrestling, there's very very big cliques. You got to be with a certain <laughs> sure. bunch. Oh, you're out. I never made it to the WWF. Hulk Hogan, when he first started, challenged me because me and superstar Billy Graham were the world tag team champions. I knocked out Hulk Hogan four nights in a row. When he got to be the champion in the WWE, he said, the only guy that I don't want there is that big loudmouth Ox Baker because he killed brag how he knocked me down and said, get up, big boy. I want to kick you in the face again because anybody <laughs> can kick somebody standing up, but it takes a great man to wait on your hands and knees and take that foot and drive in the side of your head. And I seem to always enjoy that. So Hulk Hogan kept me out of there. And as you know, Ox Baker is in four wrestling halls of fame, but I can't get in the WWE because it never allowed me in there. It was like the other day, about six months ago, Randy Savage called me up. His dad had died, uh, Mr. Popple. And he said, no longer is it a macho man. Now it is Randy Popple because my dad is dead. And he said, Ox, I will come back into wrestling if you will be my loudmouth manager. I said, I'd be glad to do that, you know. And so I got a hold of Vince and Vince said, well, I hate the macho man, and I hate you. <laughs> so I said, it don't look like I got much of a chance. He said, slim or none is what he said. So I've never got into the WWE. I don't really care because I've never ever been jealous of anybody because I was always 
at the top of the game. Ox Baker, wherever he went, they had to, from the day one, I was the main event because I had the greatest talking voice in the, when do you take a bath, Les? But, but it, that has nothing to do with anybody. I mean, oh my God! If anybody got a bar of soap around, I might. Oh, look at my God. Thank you so much. Gills, oh, you, you sell this guy some mouthwash for crying out loud, I mean. Oh, it's you again. You have the same outfit on, I noticed. We sing karaoke songs at the town crier on Saturday nights. We're going to be there next week. No, but the idea, you, you got to be, you, you guys, are, you gentlemen are dedicated, right? You oh, don't sure. Put, you don't put one hour into wrestling. You don't put one hour into radio. You go hour after hour because you be at the top of the line because there's always somebody. Oh my God! But there's always somebody <laughs> ready to push you out of the way. So that's you've right. got to be at the top of your game, and that's the reason that I am. How do you do that, sir? Thank you so much. Am I That's another one of my my fans. You know, for 40 years I did two things. I never hit a fan. I never pushed a fan. And when I interviewed, if you notice today, even though I'm a loudmouth, I do not swear. I do not use cursing. The old, the old comics, they didn't have to swear. These guys now, they, they got to use this. If you can't talk, if you don't have something to say, you swear. I don't have to swear. I don't believe it. In fact, I called Vince McMahon. said, the next time someone swears on your program, I'm going to come down there and beat your wife up. <laughs> you know? I mean, you, you got to do that thing. You know? I see a heart punch coming. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Heart punch. In fact, you said the heart punch. i got to tell you something. Right now, in wrestling, you're famous if you actually invent a, some kind of a wrestling note. For years, Stan Stasiak, who invented the heart punch, and I use it, but when he died about seven or eight years ago, I went all over national TV and said, now there's no more heart punch. It's the hurt punch. Right. So I invented the hurt punch, and I said, nobody better copy Ox Baker because you'll get a weapon if I hear about it. Oh, right. Ooh. Yeah, is that is that something that uh, frequently happened? Like you've have you has anyone ever um in re in wrestling has there ever been an instance where where someone you you felt uh, threatened by by someone that maybe has tried to take some something that you've done or or oh, that's a no no you never steal someone's no, gimmick. No. I want to tell you something right now. If I want to, I just give them people two autograph pictures free. If I want to do that. I will do that. But if you try to steal a picture off me, <laughs> you'll get your butt kicked. <laughs> In other words, I'll give you anything that I want to give you, but just ask me for it. Don't try to take it. Because it's like a lot of guys, I wanted a laptop a couple of weeks ago. I had 14 boosters call me and said, hey, I can get you one for $100. I said, no, I won't buy it off of you. And I want all you people to listen. I will not buy something that was boosted off of somebody because that keeps a guy in business. If I have to pay a couple extra dollars, that's all right. But something is boosted, somebody lost something. I don't believe in that. Never have done it. My, never hit a fan. Never cussed on TV. What do you want anyway? You want to borrow some money or something? <laughs> <laughs> Huh? No, I can't go out with your wife. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't cross over the line ever. I mean, I know she'd like to go out with a good-looking guy, but I can't do it, you know. You have to find some guy, you know. Here we go. Wait, to... We got a fan question for Oxbaker. Here. Okay. Hi, my name is Jimmy Roy. Um, I was just wondering, uh, 
how how was it working with Kurt Russell? Um, he he's been acting since he was a kid. I just wondered how how you know what kind of experience it was for you working with a great actor like that. All I know is after he did the movie, Kurt Russell said, Ox, I'm so happy that you picked me out of the crowd. I feel so much better just to know you. And he said, would you mind? Could I just touch you one time? I said, no, go back to your movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jimmy, take care. (laughs) Maybe if you have an accident on the road, make sure it's fatal, you know. Ooh. (laughs) Thanks again. God bless. All right. You got to have a little fun with your. Absolutely. I got a diet I want to talk to you about after. You got to have a lot of fun with your fans because the idea. I look big and ferocious. They called me Ox. I was six foot four, 300 pounds at 14. You couldn't call me Sweet Lips or something. You had to call me the Big Ox, you know? That's right. Yeah. But, yeah. Excuse me. I'm questioning. We're closing in on the year. This is the last month of the year in December, uh, and uh, we've been kind of doing a reflection, looking back at some of the uh, the things um, for our podcast. We discuss movies. Is there any anything uh, in this during this year that stick out as uh, as a great memory? Something that you've the done. First this- thing I got to straighten you out is not <laughs> the last week of December. It's the first week of December. I don't know what juice that you're on, but this is the first week <laughs> of December. It's not the last of December. And all I can say is <laughs> movies and radio and everything else are, you got to be at your top of your peak. You can't be number five. You got to be number one. And Ox Baker was, uh, I'll talk to you later, honey. You know. <laughs> I don't know why she went with you, but oh, Lord. Well, I own you. You're Ox Baker. Absolutely. No, you're right. It, it is. It is the first of December. You know. It, well, I mean, I mean, it's the last month of the year, but we're 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 closing in on the year, and uh, there's a lot of things you're looking back on. Is there anything that you reflect on this year that either you could have done, um, that you wish you'd have done, or anything that you really sticks out, something that you really liked about this year, in general? Well, uh, there's been a little tragic in my last year for me. My wife uh, died of a sudden heart attack, you know, and I could have felt sorry for myself. But you know what I did the next week? I called up 10 nursing homes and said, could I come and entertain you for an hour, you know? I don't want any money for it, you know? So to alleviate my sorrow, I went to these nursing homes. It's like, no matter how we look, you see someone on crutches, like this woman in a wheelchair, you know, we have it better than the average person, you know? So what you have to do is look at your blessing, don't worry, if someone is trying to get ahead of you or someone is better than you, when's the last time you washed it? That's all right. And uh, <laughs> the idea, that's enough because i got a reputation anyway. Uh, no, the idea is we can all do better. And the thing that I always say, well, if I had a great year last year, I'm going to try to have a better year next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Why is a guy, I've been waiting for you to talk to me. The whole, you haven't asked me one question. He doesn't yet. have a microphone in oh, his hand. Right? Yeah. No, I generally ask the ugliest guy in the place uh, Ooh. a question, and it's not you. Oh, <laughs> oh how about that? Look at that. Quick turnaround right there. What, you what, say what's this. your name? He hadn't said a word. Todd? Todd. Todd. How you doing, Todd? <laughs> you know, Todd's picked up a lot of things today, you know, and he said, I'm glad that Ox Baker was on here. <laughs> Right? You're teaching him life lessons right yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah. You're better off me even being here. But I'm going to go back there and sell some more pictures. I'm back there. I got uh, Kurt, me and Kurt Russell, things <laughs> like that there. I have 
a comic book I did 20 years ago. It's oh, no kidding. A collector's item, right? Also, I have Ox Baker's wrestling doll. You have to be a world champion, have 30 years in the wrestling to get a wrestling doll, and I have them in there. If anybody's interested, I'm going to be here the rest of the day, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. There's an old woman there. You know, old women turn me on, you know. <laughs> they got experience. You can't show them. You got to do this and that and that. They already know what to do. I mean, in the time, they've done it all. Hello, Ma. How you doing? She'll comb her hair sooner or later. But we don't care about that. She's still a nice, nice person, you know. Yeah, You like that, huh? Yeah, yeah I like that Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you for having me on here. Oh, thank you for Butch, joining us, Butch. Butch, I never forget a name. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. We can go with Butch. Yeah. Your name's Butch because Ox Baker said so. Sure. And thank so, yeah. you, my friend. All right. Me on. Thank you. The fantastic. The fantastic Ox Baker. That's right. I'm back in the room now, baby. Follow me wherever I go. And uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on. Thank, thank you, you, Ox. For coming thank on. you. <laughs> oh my goodness! There he is. There he is. Hey, come on over. Take a seat with us. There you go. Oh yeah. No, you won't hear us too well. Yeah. <laughs> this is for you as well. All right. <laughs> We're here with Felix Silla. Silla, is that, is that how you pronounce it? Yes, okay. Silla. Okay, Felix Silla. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the work that you've done in films. Well, you ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What would you like to know? <laughs> uh, uh, coming from, yeah. Yeah, where did you get your start in cinema? Uh, 1962 in Los Angeles, California. Um, and, uh, and, and doing um, uh, films at that time... Um, were you doing a, a lot more stunt work, or were you doing acting? Actually, my first movie started out as a stuntman. Yeah. Doubling a little boy on a movie called The Tickless Affair. Hmm. I was doubling a little kid. And, uh, they were teaching him how to fly, you know, like, like a gig young was showing him how to fly to the moon. Mm -hmm. So they put a bunch of balloons in a, uh, in a harness. It was a helium balloon. And so one time, he took off and started flying away, you know, and... Uh, and, and it wasn't me doing that. Actually. Oh, wow. They used to hang me on a crane, like, I got 120 feet off, of the, you know, off the ground <laughs> every day. Yeah. So uh, uh, one day we were filming over the golf course. So they got me up there and they called lunch. And uh, everybody walked away. I'm looking down and said, hey, what the hell are you doing? You know, what about me? You know, <laughs> when, when do I eat? Leave so, me hanging all yeah, along. Yeah, 110 feet off the ground and uh, no lunch. <laughs> so uh, you've done a lot of stunt work. Have you had any uh, close calls with things that are a little too dangerous? Mm, I sure, yes, I sure did. On a movie called uh, Indiana Jones <clears throat> and the Temple of Dooms. Yes. Yeah, I got stuck under a raft in the river. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, somewhere in um, Northern California. Yeah. Uh, we were doing a scene coming down the river. It was myself and, and uh, the stuntman for Emerson um, Ford. Okay. And the lady, the, you know, some lady for uh, Kate Capshaw. Mm-hmm. So we were doing this, uh, I was dubbing a little, you know, a little boy short round. So we were coming down the river, and uh, the, the raft went down a little hill, and then it's, the guy's supposed to come up, you know, and then he say levels off. Okay. So all of a sudden, nothing happened, just flipped over, upside down, and I got stuck underneath. Oh, and wow. I'm not a swimmer, you know, I, uh, you know, I cannot swim a foot. 
Uh, oh, wow. You know, 10-inch or whatever. So uh, I'm stuck under there, and I don't know what to do. You know, I had a life vest on it. Yep. And um, before we went on, you know, before we started doing the scene, the guy said to me, uh, if anything happened, don't, don't panic. Just pull on this string, and something will sure, happen. Sure, sure. Sure, it's easy, right? Right, no problem. I, you know, you're not a swimmer. So anyway, it's happening. You know, I'm under the raft, and I look, you know, I'm saying, what the hell am I supposed to do? And let it go, hang on. And so I decide to hang on. And I'm pulling and pulling on the string, and nothing's happening. All of a sudden, I really yank really hard, go boom, and it's like a balloon. And, uh, and I'm waiting for somebody to get me out, you know. <laughs> so finally, the guy came over. He pulled me out, and he said, uh, he said, what were you doing there? You know, I was hanging, you know, hanging on your leg, trying to pull you off, and you didn't want to let it loose. I said, what do you mean? I didn't see you pulling anything, you know. So anyway, um, that was pretty close, you know. Yeah. You know and uh, after that, every almost every night, I had like a nightmare for about six months after that. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, well, I'm, yeah, that's going to be traumatic. You know, I mean, it's scary. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Do yeah. you find yourself doing uh, a more often than not dangerous stunt work, or you just, uh, or, or do you find yourself um, um, in, in different roles that that might that might take you in, uh, uh, just that would require um, uh, specific stunt work that's that's that's, that's not uh, as dangerous, or do you just, or, or are you more often than not just finding your, uh, finding yourself doing more um, cameo uh, stunt work? I mean, you know, doing stunts, if you don't know how to do something, you don't do it. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I did in my, you know, uh, lifetime when I, you know, working on doing stunts with kids. Um, I mean, I made some money doing stunts a lot, mm-hmm. and some mostly, you know, in costumes. But, you know, when you, if you're doing a stunt and you don't know how to do it, you don't do it because you're going right. to end up, they get hurt. Sure. So you don't do it. If you know how to do it, fine. If you don't, give somebody else a job. That's what I feel. When you're working in this kind of field, um, I, I I imagine that you you get uh, a lot of recommendations and you and you get to star in other films. Like I, I you, you said that you're working with on Indiana Jones, um, and and working with Spielberg. Maybe he's friends with George Lucas, and maybe does that get you? Is, is does something like that get you uh, uh, some sort of uh, position in an, in, a, in another movie later on, um, or do you, or is it or does it uh, does you do you really get roles based on? Um, uh, being on a, on a, a guild or, or, well, or I mean, you know, first of all, you belong to a union. It's called a Screen Actor Guild, and yep. then uh, we have another one called AFRA. Um, th- those days, you get the jobs by doing the work, and then somebody else seeing you doing something. So I got something coming up, you know, later around. I'm going to use you. Uh, when the time came, they used you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was honesty. Now, uh, doesn't matter, you know. Somebody said, I'm going to use you, even if sign a contract, and when the time comes as well, I'm sorry, but, you know, we're going to use somebody else. And uh, it's no more honesty in the business, you know. Right, and, right. And, and the jobs, you know, the work's not really... A uh, long time ago, when you do a movie, everything has to be perfect. Everything yep. has to be like a, a professional, you know, everything has to be done perfect. Sure. You know, now it, everything is in a hurry. Like... You do your movie, you go straight for the, you know, box or whatever, cable, um, DVD, you yep. know, thing like that. Uh, it, it, you know, it's it really changed. The business really changed. Uh, Out of uh, all the movies you've had the experience to work on, or even uh, television shows, too, what was your favorite role to take part in? I think it was, uh, I did a movie called uh, uh, The Remake of the Maltese Falcon. Oh, yeah. The oh, Black, wow. The yeah. Blackbird yeah. with George Siegel. 
uh, I had a pretty good part, but it ain't really good for me because um, it was released with an X-rated movie, same together. Oh. So it didn't do anything. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, but I have done a lot of uh, costume work, and mm -hmm. uh, my favorite was a kind of I would say Buck Rogers. Oh and, yeah. Uh, Any Adams Family. Yep. Yeah. Also, I got to work with uh, Moses. Yeah, I don't know if you know oh, what yeah? I'm talking about. Charlton you know, Heston? Charles, well, of course. Yeah. The, the pre original Planet of the Apes. Oh, the wow. That's awesome. One, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, do you uh, do any experiences stick out to you that uh, you've either had exhausting uh, or, or very tiresome uh, um, Trying to uh, costume work that when you're when you're when you're going for when you're preparing for the day or working on a role and uh, um, is there is there some that stick out where it takes like maybe all day or all morning to to prepare maybe like costume wise like you know uh, work like that like in for example Buck Rogers um, there's a lot of waiting around it's a lot of waiting around like you have like um, seven thirty in the morning seven a.m. call. And uh, you hang around the studio all day long. And maybe at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you say, okay, get dressed, you know. We've got to ready to do something. So you get dressed, and then uh, you do a quick rehearsal, and they send you home. Right. I mean, you know, you, you sit there all day, and then they make you get dressed for no reason. You know, why do I have to get dressed to do a quick rehearsal, and then you're going to send me home? You're not yeah. going to film anywhere, right? I, many, many days that happened like that. You know, when I was doing Buck Rogers. So Are there any crazy stories that happen on set um, with, uh, other, I guess, any of the other actors? Or did you get along with pretty much with everyone okay or anybody that you didn't get along with? Uh, we, you know, we got along with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, when we worked, the Adams family was like, uh, for example, John Aston and um, Carolyn Jones, uh, uh, Jackie Coogan, they were all really nice people. Uh, we all got along. The only problem was with uh, with Adam's family. Jackie Coogan used to fall asleep a lot. <laughs> so, uh, like you know, for example, when he wasn't out working, you yep. know, when he's not involved in the scene, he just sat on his chair and all of a sudden he started snoring. <laughs> you know, and the director used to go over there and he slap him, you know, slap him in the head. He says, "Come on, Jack, he's screwing up the scene." You know, uh, wow, 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 what am I doing? What do you mean, what are you doing? You're snoring. You know? said, you're snoring. You're ruining the scene, you know, the scene. So uh, that was the funny part. <clears throat> One day, um, I, was, I was sitting and uh, waiting to go yeah. on the scene, on a set. So the director called me up, <clears throat> and uh, I heard a guy said, here he goes, uh, Frankie Lane's toupee. So I couldn't figure out who it was until I found out at night, you know, when we wrapped. I asked the director, say, who was the gentleman? I said, there goes Frank Lane Toupe. He said, that was Bob Hope. He came on, you know, on a set visiting. No he kidding. He saw me walking, you know, with a wig and, yeah. you, know, with, you know, dressed to go to work. He said, Frank Lane Toupe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I was going to ask you, is there, uh, uh, to our audience, is there, is there anything that you're working on now or in the future developments? Well, uh, I, mostly I do now is the conventions. I travel all over. Is, uh, is this uh, is this your first New England? Uh, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. First time here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm so happy to be here because I met so many nice people, uh, a lot of friends, a lot of friendly people, and uh, really know a lot of people asking questions. Uh, and you know the reason I'm here, if it wasn't for the fan, there would be no movies. You sure, know? absolutely. 
Sure. So, you know, a lot of people are so, um, so impressed, you know, and see you alive. It's Oh, is that you? Yeah, it was, you know, it's me, you know. Right. And it's so happy to see you because they never see you in person or your face has never been shown on the screen. Always in so costume or makeup. Always in or costume yeah. or makeup, yeah. 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 Do you ever go back to watch some of the movies that, you're, that you you do, either acting work or stunt work, um, and then look at the role and, and ever think like, oh, I, I really wish I could have done that better or I, or I was really impressed with the way I did this? I really don't watch a lot of movies. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I think um, my last time I was in a movie theater, it was in nine, nine I want to say the year, it was like uh, when we did Howard the Duck. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. I was one of the, I was doubling the real, you know, the real guy. And uh, that was the last, <laughs> the last time I was in a, in a movie theater. I don't go to movies that much. Huh. I don't even watch TV at home. Yeah. <laughs> no. Where 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 would we see Felix Silla <laughs> if he's not if he's not going out to see the movies? Uh, what, what what's what are some of your favorite hobbies? What do you like to go out and do? Uh, well, I used to do a lot of photography, and uh, I do a lot of traveling. Like I said, you know, conventions, and uh, I used to play golf. <clears throat> but uh, after my best friend passed away, and I I don't know which side the ball should hit now. You know, <laughs> so I don't I don't play golf anymore. But I stayed at home, in, you know, in Las Vegas, and I go to a casino once in a while. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Do a little gambling, and you know, yeah. put, you know, 10 here, 20 there, whatever. And, it's a good know, life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, help him out, you know. Yeah. How but, frequently uh, do, you do, do, you, do you go back to, uh, like, Los Angeles and do work um, back and forth? I don't go to L.A. at all. Oh, not at uh, all? No. I, I can't wait to get home. If the, you know, if I go to L.A., I can't wait to get home because L.A. to me is like uh, nobody talks to each other anymore. Mm. So yeah, I, I found a, <clears throat> I found Vegas a lot nicer because you, you know you could talk to people. Yeah, it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a much uh, friendlier atmosphere. Yeah, I mean if you're at the bank, you know, at the line, line at the bank, mm -hmm. you can have a conversation with people there. Sure. Yeah. L.A. nobody talks to each other, nobody looks at each other. It, it's really getting bad. I mean, yeah. you know, I was in L.A. Not when was it? Uh, uh, we did a celebration five, a celebration four for Star Trek, Star Wars. And I couldn't wait to get home. I was there for four days. As soon as the thing was over, I jumped in the car and drove home, you know, because I just couldn't wait. Every, I don't know what's going on with the L.A. County, you know, the Los Angeles County. Yeah. You know, everybody's so, they don't, they don't look at Yeah, there's, you know, there's a, it's very tight-lipped. Yeah, you look at each other the wrong way, man. They'll shoot you or something. You yeah. Know, they're really nasty, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, going back to some of your, uh, some of the movies that you're working on, um, are there any uh, uh, big elaborate movie sets? Like you say, you meant you work with Steven Spielberg and doing Indiana Jones. Would you say um, uh, you had um, uh, more enjoyable experiences working not on just um, some of the the films, but did you do you think that the TV um, was or was there any difference that you uh, as far as working like make with Buck Rogers? You say you have a, a real enjoyable experience with that. Um, and do some of these sets? Um, how uh, are they really elaborate? Like, what? What do? You, are there any that stick out as far as like really elaborate sets? Like something? Oh yeah, they sure are. I mean, uh, Buck Rogers. The first year in Buck Rogers, they really built uh, really nice sets. You know, um, the same thing with Spielberg. <clears throat> when I did um, uh, Indiana Jones, we mm -hmm. were in London. Um, sometime, you know, we used to go to, on the set earlier, uh, earlier, and Spiel, Spielberg was there. We, you know, we strike a conversation with each other, and and he looks around, and he knows <clears throat> he knows exactly what he likes to do for that day. Yep. And the reason he does that because uh, he does his homework at home. 
at the, at the office the night before. He knows exactly what he's going to get for the next day. He doesn't, he doesn't come on the set and start screaming at people, you know, holler, whatever, because a lot of the directors do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't do the homework. They go to the set. They don't know what to do, and they start screaming at the actors, you know, and then you get everybody upset. Steven doesn't do that. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I said Steven is a professional. He's a, one of the best directors I work with, and uh, he does his homework, and he knows exactly. He goes, starts like 8 o'clock until 5.30, whatever, mm-hmm. it's over. Then he goes to the, on the, you know, at the office, and he looks at the script. He knows exactly what he wants for the next day. And that's what I call a profession. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you. Is there any way uh, uh, audience listeners can, uh, can find you uh, either online or uh, on, on, uh, over the... Over the uh, Facebook? You, Facebook, yep. I'm getting- Twitter. Yeah, I think uh, they could go on Facebook or they could go uh, uh, FelixSola.com. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for uh, for talking with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Are you guys freezing here or what? <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah. We're getting yeah. there. Absolutely. 36 degrees is too cold. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Very pleasure. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Uh, we're here with Keith Johnson, um, author... And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that you work on. Well, we do paranormal investigations, my wife Sandra and I. We are the founders of New England Anomalies Research, also known as NEAR. We do paranormal investigations, but we in particular specialize in extreme hauntings. So when somebody has something that's more out of the, if you want to call it ordinary type of haunting, when it's gotten to the point where it's something really extreme and people are truly uh, terrorized or they feel they're in imminent danger, that's when we're usually called in. Interesting. What would you say uh, so far is the most extreme thing that you've dealt with? The most extreme I've dealt with is uh, a case of demonic possession where the possessed individual was out of control and he was up running around and attacking furniture and uh, needed to be physically restrained. So that was, um, that was extremely intense and very draining as well. Hmm. Um, uh, some of these experiences that you, you work on, uh, is, it, is it become like a situation where uh, you, it becomes either you see, you see it in film or you see it on TV and, and you say, well, this is, uh, I, I, I'd like to best represent this if possible. Um, do you, do you, does it does it feel like some sort of situation where you you you, you look at some of the the way that they put some movies and the way that they expose it does it uh, does it at all become um, tiresome or do, or do you, or is it something where where you feel like oh I'm glad I'm just it's being exposed to the public? Well, that's um, kind of goes both ways because it's bringing public awareness, which when I started out there was not that much public awareness and. Uh, People were afraid to say that they were involved in any kind of uh, paranormal situation, even if they needed help. They were very deathly afraid of ridicule, and and it's understandable because they would get a lot of ridicule uh, from friends and relatives, well-meaning, and even from clergy. Oh, wow. So uh, the way that they turned then. But um, also it's been, in a way, it's been trivialized and... It's, you know, you see these things in Hollywood, you see these uh, sometimes on the reality shows. It kind of uh, takes away from the uh, true danger of it. 
people trivialize it. So sometimes uh, they think it gives people the impression, especially young people who are not experienced, that they can just go in and provoke anything and uh, they won't suffer for it, which is mm. untrue. Wow. Talk, uh, talk to us a little bit about the, the, the show Ghost Hunters and your work with that. Well, Ghost Hunters, uh, my wife Sandra and I were uh, members of the Atlantic Paranormal Society, my brother Carl as well, for uh, quite a few years. And um, my wife Sandra was in it before the TV show. And so when the TV show came about, uh, that became a whole different uh, avenue. <laughs> I mean, we were out there just about every weekend investigating, and um, a lot of people didn't know about us because we were doing in-home investigations and helping people, but you wouldn't always hear about it afterwards. Then the TV show started, and suddenly we're world famous and nationally famous. And um, I was involved on the first and second season of it. My brother and I were the demonologist, demonology consultants on it. And uh, not every haunting is demonic, so we were used as specialists. In fact, uh, that's what my brother and my wife and I and our good friend Brian Hanwa, we specialized in. When it came to the really, again, extreme hauntings or the demonic hauntings, uh, we'd get called in usually. And often it was the trio of my wife Sandra and Brian and I, we would get called into the really, really extreme hauntings that um, you don't always see on the TV show because some of it's a little too controversial and some people want to, of course, they have a demonic case, they want to keep it private. So some of it's very, very controversial as well and confidential. So um, what you see in the TV show, my appearances on there were, obviously they were the real thing. It wasn't rehearsed at all. It's actually as you see it. So even though there are very few episodes that deal with the actual extreme demonic hauntings, when you do see it, that's exactly the way we do our, our job when we're called into something like this. When you go into a situation dealing with the paranormal, do you go in with a certain level of skepticism? Because there are some people who would put on a hoax or something oh, like yes. that. Oh, yes. Yes. And you, you have to. You have to go in with a certain level of skepticism. I mean, you don't want to tell people you're doubting them, of course, but uh, you, just, you just have to take everything into consideration. And it's not always that, I mean, yes, we have found people putting speakers in the walls and mm -hmm. things like that, but... Uh, there's also well-meaning people that sometimes they're jumping to conclusions. For example, one of our members, Lisa Dwalaby, who was on Ghost Hunters, and she's a member of NEAR as well, she, we went into a house once where was an elderly woman who lived alone. Her family visited her twice a day, but she lived alone. She liked it that way, but she felt that her house was demonically infested. Hmm. Well, we found out that it was infested all right, but it was infested by vermin. Wow. <laughs> as soon as you walked in, I mean, you just smell the mouse urine, and I guess she was immune to it. Right, right. Lisa had been sitting in a rocking chair. As soon as Lisa got up, the back of the rocking chair hit the wall. So that's the banging I keep hearing. <laughs> so, I mean, and we went downstairs. The wood pile seemed like it was alive because it was clicking with termites. And finally, Lisa, being a, a, an animal surgeon and a veterinarian technician, was able to actually find a mouse carcass, put it on some cardboard, 
and it looked like it was a lie because it was writhing with maggots. Oh, the, the woman, disgusting. The woman would just not be convinced until she showed her this. I'm afraid you're dealing with a serious animal rodent problem and mold problem. This yeah. is what your true problem was. And uh, we explained it to her family, so that situation was taken care of. And again, in that situation, nothing paranormal, but we were able to do some good, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> thankfully, and uh, we took showers after leaving that place. Oh, no doubt, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed any like particular like hot spots where oh, anything yeah. seems to happen like more often than yes, you know? yes, certain places, um, mills, mills seem to be old old mills. My brother and I personally work at Old Slater Mill in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. and uh, I think because of the long history of child labor then people living their entire lives, their work lives, in those um, buildings and that atmosphere. Also, the fact that mills are obviously built by running water, and you get an electrical current there, and the mineral content within the water and the buildings, I think it all combines to, um, it actually makes an impression, records some of the emotions that went on there. So I think a lot of time, rather than just spirits aimlessly walking around. I think we're dealing with a lot of captured emotions that plays back, sometimes in residual form, sometimes in intelligent form. But uh, mill sites are haunted. Uh, also, the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts, it's, mm -hmm. um, that place is a very much a hot spot, the Freetown State Forest. And uh, certain cemeteries as well. We find uh, cemeteries are hot spots, not because it's the spirits of the dead that are lost and roaming around. But you get a certain cemetery, for example, like in Rhode Island, where I come from, we have the vampire's graves, the legendary vampire's I graves. I actually stopped by uh, did on you? Halloween. Did you? I did. Yeah, and what, yeah. Did, you, what did you Well, we couldn't get too close because they had a uh, patrol car right. stationed outside, but well, we, we just kind of took a look. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, but these cemeteries, they acquire a reputation for being haunted, Soon you got all these amateur occultists going in, um, or even worse, professional ones. Sure. They go in and they, uh, they disrupt things. They cause vandalism, desecrations. They hold uh, rituals there, and uh, they're inviting negative energy into it. So even though it's consecrated ground, they sometimes cancel the positive vibrations and bringing negative vibrations, and like attracts like. They'll uh, bring in negative spirits and... You know, such is the case in the uh, West Greenwich Cemetery, the legend of Nellie Vaughan. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that Nellie is a vampire, but, you know, because she got that reputation accidentally because she was associated with Mercy Brown. But it's the fact that people go in there and give it such recognition, cause a bunch of vandalism, go cracking open uh, mausoleums looking for vampires. Right. And uh, it, that will invite a lot of negative activity. That's why I think a lot of these cemeteries are, in fact, haunted for that reason. When you walk into a situation that you've been told is paranormal, what's your process of assessing? We go in, we do a client interview. Usually that begins over the phone or through email. Then we uh, do a basic interview, and we always record while we're doing this. Um, first, we want to remember what we're what was been said, sure. but uh, also we have found that if it's truly paranormal, while we're doing the initial interview, spirits will start chiming in, and we'll play the recording back. And often during the initial interview, we'll find examples of electronic voice phenomena, EVP, where spirit voices are talking to us, and somehow they seem to resent the fact that we're there talking to the clients hmm. of the place that they're haunting. So they'll come in and chime in something very sarcastic. So we find that that's a that's an evident clue. 
But then we go around to each room and uh, we take readings, mm -hmm. you know, of course, EMF readings, um, tri-field meter readings. Uh, we have a DVR system set up in each room where we'll look for examples of activity. And then we'll assess our findings. Um, quite often we do find something because what we do, usually people are in an advanced stage of a haunting by the time they call us in. Mm -hmm. And uh, other groups often call us in for our assistance because of the specialty we deal with. But then we do a complete blessing of the house. We try to offer a solution so we don't just investigate. We're trying to bring people help. So we'll go and do a, a religious cleansing throughout the house. It's literally like sweeping from one room to another. You go from room to room. You say special prayers, anoint the windows in access ways with anointed oil and uh, blessed water. Now, of course, some people will say, well, if it's a spirit, it can get into doors anytime it wants. Sure. It's just that it's an access way. It's your home, so it's symbolic that this is your God-given privacy, and it's your home, and you have a right to feel comfortable in your own home. So that's, that's basically what we do, and we have been very successful at that. What can you uh, tell us about your books and what went into making, writing them and whatnot? Well, Paranormal Realities and Paranormal Realities 2, they're all true stories, and they're basically things I've experienced, people I've worked with closely have experienced. Paranormal reality starts with my earliest experiences growing up in a so-called haunted house. That doesn't mean it was the Amityville horror. I wasn't chased out <laughs> after 28 days, but um, I mean, over the years, we did experience some unexplained happenings, which sparked my initial interest. And uh, I had family members using a Ouija board when we were teenagers, and that seemed to uh, really heighten the activity. So it, it goes on to uh, my first experience belonging to a paranormal group. Of course, we did the, you know, the cemetery tripping and, and entering abandoned houses, which I don't recommend, but we did that as teenagers. But it goes on to meeting other paranormal investigators and uh, over the years eventually becoming involved with TAPS, the Atlantic Paranormal Society, meeting Jason and Grant and Brian, who we became lifelong friends with, and uh, various cases we've been through throughout the years, investigations. Paranormal Realities 2 just picks up where that left off, so it continues with the investigations. And uh, like I said, all true stories and uh, very detailed. Try to give the reader as much of a feel as possible, what it's actually like, what you can expect and separate fact from fiction, what it's like going on a an actual paranormal investigation, which often nothing happens, quite often, but once in a while you get something that you're not expecting or you hadn't bargained for. So always keep alert. It can happen at any time. That's basically what the books are about. When you're writing these stories, are there any case studies or any experiences that you had as you're writing them that... that that seemed to be the hardest to write, either because they were such a, either they were controversial or that they were just so um, uh, emotionally demanding. Well, yes. Yeah, sometimes I was writing these stories, and of course, you know, we sat around um, at meetings and talked about these things going on, and uh, people kept saying, "Keith, you should write a book. You should write a book." And oh, yeah, I will someday. And finally, uh, my wife Sandra made me do it. Finally, <laughs> that's how it came about. <laughs> But, um, yeah, you're writing these stories, and you start reliving it. You start reliving the experience, and, gee, no wonder I was so drained after this investigation, uh, especially when you're dealing about uh, demonic possession or potential demonic possession. You realize just, just how much it takes out of you when you're going through that. And 
writing about it, it's it's difficult to, to you're trying to describe it as accurately as possible without sensationalizing it. So, but thank God it, they they came together and the uh, stories are there. Yeah, and uh, just tell us where where uh, our audience or any audiences our yeah our audience would be able to find your books. Uh, uh, Sure, you can go to Amazon.com and purchase them there. Also, if you go to our site, nearparanormal.com, you can uh, get autographed copies, so they'll be personalized. So either from Amazon or local bookstores, if they're not there, you can request them, or from our website, nearparanormal.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Keith. It's and, been uh, my pleasure. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely... Um uh, it'd be great to uh, be able to send those books out, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be able to um, uh, put them on the podcast. And, uh, great. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll sponsor that. But uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. Time Keep out in today. touch. Yeah, okay. Thank See you. Me. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. All right. So uh, Carl Herring Jr., right? That's me. Awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, what exactly do you do? Um, uh, I write. I publish. Uh, my <laughs> company is 3J Productions, and uh, I publish under 3JP Comics, and I have a few titles out right now. Uh, the Enforcers, which is a five-part miniseries that I'm currently doing. It's pretty much a, um, a throwback to the mid-70s, mid-80s type of artwork. Um, yeah, I noticed that when I was flipping through that. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I'm an old-school type of guy, so um, that, that pretty much is reminiscent of those, those eras that I grew up with. Um, the artwork is actually done by a gentleman named Todd Smith, who is from Marvel, DC. He's worked with uh, just about everybody in the, in the business, uh, a legend. In my, in, to me, he's a legend in the industry. Uh, right now, he's working with Archie Comics. Uh, he's um, helping me out with the artwork as far as the miniseries goes. Um, it's currently book two is coming out within the next couple of weeks. Like I said, it's a five-part miniseries which um, follows the exploits of a group of DEA agents. Um, they're fighting a drug cartel known as the Alliance, and pretty much this drug cartel is about to take over New York City. They want to just take it and make it the drug capital of the world, and uh, the enforcers brought together by a gentleman by the name of Senator Lawrence Fulton, who is the new, newly appointed drug czar, and uh, he's bringing these guys together, a group of unlikely candidates who are brought together to, to, to come up as a team. Um, they have their own personal issues, but along the way they, they solve them, hopefully, and um, you know save New York City. I'm and assuming a lot of the appeal uh, in the forces will come from those conflicts between the teammates as they learn to right. adapt to one another. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much uh, it, when you read the storylines, you're going to see that uh, there's a lot of different um, subplots, go, subplots going on in, mm -hmm. within the story that deals with their personal issues. Um, like I won't get into that. I want people to right, buy right. the yeah. book. <laughs> um, and if they want to get the book, they can uh, definitely go to my website, which is uh, www. 3jproductions.com, and that's uh, three as in T-H-R-E-E, -E, and J, the letter J, productions with an S. I hope our listeners can spell, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. well, most people, they put in the number three. Right, right, right. So that's right. why I have to be you know, specific. It is three as in T-H-R-E-E. -E. Yeah. Yes. Is it okay. a story you've always wanted to do? Or? Uh, yeah, actually, I started this, I, I started the book back in 1996. Um, uh -huh. I did the first issue, a uh, zero issue, and do some personal issues. I ended up getting out of comics for almost 10 years, actually 10 years or more. Oh, wow. And then back in 2007, I started uh, writing um, again, and I decided I wanted to finish the Enforcers uh, miniseries, and I'm doing it now. How did you uh, hook up with Todd? Uh, pretty much I put uh, an ad for an artist in some of the trade magazines and uh, a couple of actual local papers 
and he answered my ad. Uh, we got together, I gave him my script, he liked it, and um, so we've been doing it ever since. That's great. Yeah. And what's the other book? Um, the other book is uh, Crime Wave. It's an anthology book that I, I published. It's pretty much, I'm going to be t doing it like twice a year. Uh, this is the first one that's out, and it's three, actually three stories in the um, first issue. And the first two stories involve my uh, FBI duo of Chase and Hunt. Uh, two guys, or two, uh, one guy and a female. The guy is actually named Damian Chase, who's an FBI agent uh, that's been with the Bureau for like 10 years. And he's teamed up with uh, Kristen Hunt, who is uh, a rookie. She's only been with the Bureau for two years. Pretty much Damian likes to go with his gut instincts. He's a streak type of guy. And when he solves his cases, he goes by more of his um, street knowledge and things of that nature. Whereas Kristen Hunt is very scientific. She's into the forensics uh, side of things. So you might say he's uh, the muscle, she's the, um, the brains of the outfit. And even though they clash, they end up solving their, um, you know, they come together to solve their crimes. Their cases, I'm noticing um, a, a bit of a different art style between the two as well. Um, with the uh, crime wave, I had two stories that were done by a, actually a Massachusetts gentleman by the name of uh, Scott E. Amberson. Mm -hmm. And um, the last story in the uh, book is actually a book, uh, a story that involves two of my enforcer characters. And that artwork was done by a gentleman by the name of Chris Torres okay. uh, from out of New York. Yeah, I was going to say one of the characters looked yes. very similar between yep. the two, just right. slightly different mm -hmm. in the style. Yeah. Now, is the Enforcers in Crime Wave the only thing you're going to be working on for a while? or do you um, Right now, um, I'm going to try to get this uh, miniseries finished up, the Enforcers miniseries. And I do have Crime Wave Anthology Volume 2 coming out, uh, hopefully by summer of the 2011. Awesome. And I have a couple other characters I'm working on. I did a Western character, a short story of a um, an African American bounty hunter of uh, that his exploits take place in the old Western days of the uh, late 1800s. I did a short story um, for an organization called the Comic Book Artist Guild, and uh, it was well received. I actually got nominated for a Best Writer Award with the organization for that. Oh wow! Um, and I'm going to be doing that character as well in a one shot that I hope to put out hopefully next year as well. So I, I do westerns, uh, like I said, uh, action and adventure is what I'm into. That's great. And, um, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. And so it's 3J Productions. 3J Productions. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Dot com. That's great. Okay. Thank you. Sounds great. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, coming on. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank no you. So uh, that about wraps it up, huh? Yeah. This has been a like a really interesting day. We've kind of got a, a taste of everything. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Had a lot of. Uh, uh, People that come up, a lot of guests have been able to uh, spend some time with us. But, uh, um, I mean, it's a really been like a come-and-go-like situation. We've kind of been in the middle of uh, all the hoopla, frenzy, the, yeah, the frenzy, right the, the crazy everything. action going yeah, on. Yeah, we weren't even prepared for this level of uh, no, not at all. super <laughs> interview, interview, interview. I, I know. Mean, we I'm did so the first. proud of us. That's I know, right? <laughs> we just like, we just jump in, son. You know what I mean? Like, we're just in it. We did the first, and then the ball just started rolling. Yep. They they, yeah. they came to us. Exactly. Yeah. Who knew? Hey, um, Celebrity Room, after all, is right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. We are the Celebrity Room. That's right. That's true. That's the way I see it. Danger Memories in each generation. Yeah. Representing. Uh, hopefully we'll we can get a play table at maybe the Boston Comic Con and obviously the next South Coast Toy Comic Show in March. Fantastic. Uh, March twenty seventh. So Love uh, it. that'll be fantastic. Hopefully we can have even more fun there. <laughs> Absolutely. DMGG. <laughs> Don't ever do okay, that again. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. Wow. I do it once. I do one. I do one thing. <laughs> but uh, Rob. I want to thank you for coming here with us. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, this has been an awesome day, and well, it's flown by. When Steve asked, I, the first thing I said was, like, get my friend Rob from the Geek Generation come. That's right. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's Hector. Oh, uh, right. There is Hector. 
Yeah. Hector's pulled his weight today. We had to sneak him in. Good call. He's uh, got the <laughs> interview. He's got the interview questions coming out like crazy. It's true. Don't be yes or be yes. That's right. Like, <laughs> like a midget on a urinal. I have to keep on my toes. Oh, R.I.P. Uh, so yeah, I think that's about, that about does it. Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later, guys. Later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>